Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to First Smoke of the Day. We're Ooh. back. Another episode. Let's go. Big day, man. man. Yeah. Episode eight. <sighs> we got a big guest, too. Two Black big Leaf. guests. I'm here co-hosting with Black Leaf. What up, it's, man? Uh, C, Pat Gods. We got it here today, bro. Bro, some big LA natives, Actually right? Smoking on it right now. <laughs> wow, some terpy shit. We're, we got LA family we, farms we the in the house, in here. man. The LA family. family farms. Thank yes. you for having us. Let's Thank go. you guys. Yo, you yes. boys brought so much fire. I, I don't even. And so we got LA family start. farms, and we got George Hashington, right? George Green Thumb. George Green Thumb, yep. even doper. <laughs> Yo, I like it. Let's get it. I'm one of three owners: my brother, my sister, and I. Yeah, I'm the hash maker in the house, but we've been together for a long time. I mean, back to even my wedding days. But um, as family, that's what we like to say it. We have uh, do everything from cleaning the floors to picking the strains to smoking like them Damn, to like uh, washing them, doing the pheno hunts, helping out with just pushing everything we can. We do everything. We're hands on. And I and, like that. Uh, and- we really are a single source facility. I mean, a lot of people claim they are, but we really do everything in house when it comes to rolling all our pre-rolls to making the hash, to hunting, to growing it, to distributing it, to doing PADs, patient appreciation day. I actually go in. So does George here and we meet the customers firsthand because I think that's important. You only get one chance to make a first impression in the rec market. And we've watched a lot of people, friends of ours make mistakes along the way. Everyone's forced to put, any type of flower in a bag, rename it, call it whatever they want and hope that that brand can sustain itself for years to come. But Absolutely. we really try to choose what we want in the bag. And it's important when you're spending that kind of money on an eighth, a high end eighth, I want something that I personally would buy. And I'm sure you guys feel the same way because you are cultivators. You are in the game. You know it. hundred percent agree, brother. I, we're, I mean, we're all consumers here first. Yes. Before we ever sure. got into this business, I would, I think we could. And I mean, that. It's what he would want in his bag. You know what I'm saying? Like, how would you want your eighth? Would you want that big nug with a medium and a small nug? Are you going to give a couple people a bunch of small nugs in your jar, you know, or in your bag? And, and also just the thought, I mean, do you want to do a jar or a bag? There's so many thoughts that went into it. And I liked how you said that, man, like, how would I want my flower as a business owner? I think that framework for your mind, that's the number one stance is how would I want this curated for myself? And if you would curate that for a heady guy like you, then everyone else is going to love it too. I agree. And it's important what goes in the bag. And we really QC everything to make sure that it meets that standard. And it's, you know, it's difficult. It's challenging. It's the hardest thing we've ever had to do. A lot of losses, a lot lot of learning, a lot of of L's. A lot of times where we have actually committed to saying, you know what, this is not what we want to continue working with. Let's stop the production on this. And this is not what we're going to put out. And people don't understand that that's not only money, it's time. You say, stop. That's not, that's stop. You got clones already. You got plants going in the ground. You got this next run already figured out. Oh shit. Well, we're going to, we got another run and a half still before we can get rid of this one. You know, people don't know. There's yeah, so many variables, how deep it goes when you make decisions and how many departments it affects and how many people you have to explain it to and explain why and what we got to do to make it do it right. But people will take the other road because- most everything with big companies or corporations or whoever else, you know, they make decisions based on money. Yes. The balance sheet. That's it. It comes down to making money with most companies. And with us, we feel like if we put the plant first and the flower first, everything else will fall into place. We believe that as a family, all of us believe that. And we hold true to that. Truly. 
No, I, mean, I like that. I, I've been growing since 1995 and my brother's wow. been around plants since he's 13 years old. And wow. my brother's truly the cultivator behind us. You know, I, I do a lot of the distribution. I pick the genetics, you know, the branding, you know, there's always a creative with yeah. a business person. So yeah. this is a cool family. You got family. Yeah. Really? That, and my sister know. runs the day to day also with my brother. She's, Man, that's amazing. She uh, got into the business seven years ago with us. We all have our own lanes in the beginning. It was very tough. Very uh, challenging. Well, we can, a lot of past issues that were never resolved that come up in business because you've never resolved them. But we've trauma. all tried and we all have our own lane now. Do you mind if, if I ask, do you guys also live together? No. Man, that's even bad. <laughs> no. Did you hit no. you at any point? <laughs> no. Or I'm 46 the, years they, old. Yeah, yeah. They, you and your brother used to yes. before. And then you we guys very made recently, like a two decision years ago. that it's in for your right. best of your health. Yeah. You got to live separate. <laughs> right? It's yeah. true. You can, you can relate, though. It's, it's yeah. tough. We've always lived with plants, too. And it's, yep. it's tough. You know, having genetics and keeping them in a facility when you were legal or maybe when you weren't living with it and dealing with it and coming home to it and doing it at your actual shop and coming home. It's, it's been, it was challenging and it was challenging for both of us and we found our way through it. And, you know, like I said, we, we have our own lanes now and we stayed our own lanes and we run things by each other, but it's working out really well. I I like that you found positions and you're holding tight. True. True to the mission. Yeah. It's It's what it takes. It's an amazing feeling to work with these type of people different Um, just their expectations and their level of dedication and love for what they want to accomplish you have to acquire that by working with us being in our crew and And you can't teach that yeah either got it you don't it's passion it is it's a lot of passion somebody told me uh you can't teach hunger you can't teach grit Like you just can't, it's either got it or you don't drive passion. All that is really what is instilled in you from most likely your parents and your upbringing and, and who you are as a person. And uh, we've taken that into cannabis. We all have different backgrounds. We all have careers. I was a craftsman for 22 years. We did libraries, theaters, kitchens. You know, we had that attention to detail that really helped us become really good cultivators. Absolutely. Your background played a huge role in who you are today. And especially in the type of cultivator or the type of businessman that you are today. Right. I mean, your moves are, we're not college graduates. That's for sure. Well built day to day. And let me hit on something. So let's, if you want to throw (laughs) it back to your, your past, right. What was LA family farms, right? When you came up smoking, what were you smoking brother? Like, you know, first smoke of the day, what was your first smoke? Way yeah, back when, I was when. Up, first yeah, time man, weed. first time. Um, the first time I ever smoked <laughs> weed, I wasn't sure what the weed was, but I know it was out of a <laughs> proto pipe, those old yeah. metal yeah, pipes yeah, that had the little uh, poker that would pull out the side so you and you could use it. it. And it was behind this place called Skateland in you the valley. But in the valley, in the valley, <laughs> wow. in the in the early. So born and raised. Yeah, born and raised the eight one eight. Okay. You know, uh, okay. First, the mecca Shout of cannabis. Mecca of OG, in my Crazy. opinion. Florida, I believe, is truly the place where it originated from. The Crippy, which we all know, Crippy. the presidential Kush, the Crippy, the OG, it all came from there. And our but it wasn't being grown there like it was mm-hmm. here. No. You guys no. had the uh, amount. LA you had access. It. Like yeah. even me being from there, I didn't see a lot of that. I saw a lot of crazy sativas and a lot of uh, hybrids. But oh. it's even that. It wasn't <laughs> the amount of weed. Like Cali, I bet you were. So 
What were you seeing back then? Like, um, what was your first shit smoking? Was it crippy or was it some like swag? No, it, this was all before OG. Wow. This okay. was before OG. It, OG didn't exist when we first started growing. I forget the year they brought it back, but uh, mm-hmm. they grew it for many years. And that cut was truly coveted for many, many years by a, an elite group of guys. A lot of other people that have been in the industry a long time that know some of the forefathers when it came to OG, which was what is truly the staple of Western cannabis as we know it. Me being from Florida, we used to see, I, it's funny because I hear a lot about OGs in Florida, all the growers I knew, we had a crew of about six, seven guys at our peak and everybody was growing strains, but they were all hybrids or sativas. And when you think of Florida, you think of like pineapple, lemon, you know, juices, guava, that's the type of shit we were growing. And that's what always spins my head is that, Florida is known that it's like the OG spot. It just wasn't around central Florida. That's for damn sure. Because we were growing juicy fruit, blue mystic, Cali Indica, blue cheese. We were growing random. I mean, I could go on and on, but it was nothing OG. The only thing that we had that was similar, and you've seen this, Joe, is that we had presidential Kush. Yep. Okay. And that, I would say that's more like Afghani. That's like a mothball Kush versus it's nothing like OG. No, it's not. Yeah. And so that's the the closest thing we had. So it's all interesting. And that's why I like to know, like me being from Florida and growing up there and then you being from LA, which is we used to, no matter how big we, you know, Florida is as far as like, you're the weed guys. We always look up to Cali, bro. We were always, even in our height of growing, we were like, do you think that our stuff's as good as theirs? Cause it was like, when you get a bunch, we knew how our seven guys were. It's a whole different thing when you got 700 people, you know, mm-hmm. 700 growers and we could never get any strains. We would pass them through our little community. I mean, what was it like growing up out here, bro? Where you, I mean, you're in the Mecca and you're obviously your first time smoking was decent stuff. Yeah, it was probably most of the strains we grew or at least people that we knew grew was like skunk number one. Uh, Fire. Northern Lights. Okay. Um, yep. White Widow was very popular. I love White um, Widow. What was the one you mentioned here, Gabe, on the way here? Some of the strains we were growing. But smoking. that's what you were smoking. The first time you smoked weed, you smoked something like that? Yeah, it was skunk number one. Yeah. Uh, it was really huge back into Hunga. A lot of guys were growing it over there. Um, wow, bro. That's power for your first time smoking. Yeah. Uh, Romulan Kush. Steady. With my cousin, we, 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 he grew Romulan and Hindu Kush. We enjoyed that very much. Those were more like land race strains, a lot stronger. Yeah. You know, when you used to walk into a room back then with an eighth of weed, you'd walk in, all your boys would knew you had weed. Mm-hmm. Weed was something different back then. It had a different palate. It was grown with different nutrients. It just was all around different, different terps, different terps. Yep. You know, one day that's going to come back. I would love to see skunk, man. I, one of the first skunk number uh, one cut, we, man, we had a skunk 44 that finished in 44 days. It was 45 days, whatever we said, but we had a super skunk. That was our cut. We ran called super. Oh my God. Lime green, crazy ass hairs, like almost like dark orange hairs. And like, just like LA family farms is saying, when you have it in your pocket, you walk in a room, the whole house yep. smells like skunk. Yes. It doesn't matter. Even if you're smoking Skittles, 
your whole room smells like skunk. Yeah. I haven't seen a skunk. Like I haven't seen that strain or anything even really like it since we grew it in 2002. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not really around very much anymore. No. I'm sure people out there are growing it, but, uh, well, people they like today, the more palatable, you know, fruitier terps. They want that yeah. more edible palatable yeah. terp. You know what I think every brand should do grow for themselves. I think everyone should stop growing the hype unless you love the hype, right? Have your hype. But man, if I could look back on a young black leaf and be like, bro, don't give up the fucking four or five strains when you juicy fruit, don't give that, don't give up the prez. Don't, you know, some of these ones like you should have, if you're, if you have 12 strains to your brand, half of them should be stuff that you had from back away. I have a lot of old strains, but uh, there's so much new stuff you know it's and like then the future yeah. that you have in seed packs it's tough. yeah and and, 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 keep, and keeping all Straight these up. like keeping all these strains is very difficult it oh. takes up space and we know how yeah. much real estate costs in california it, it's it's no production value so you're just sitting there taking it. money I mean, rent. you still it. have your og cut alive just to keep it alive not for production wow you yep. still have an old school og cut you yep since uh early 2000s when we got it we didn't get it as Early as our friends did, but it's the same cut. It's the same cut, but it's truly a coveted cut. And if you can grow OG, honestly, I feel you can grow anything. Very difficult, very difficult. And if you can grow it well, and if you can hit three plus with it, which we have, you know, you 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 can with you know a lot of people in the in the nineties and two thousand era, and even today, we're using PGRs. Yes, you know, and that's poison, really. I've heard even good growers that I meet, I'll meet them. And then after I get to know them, I realize that they <laughs> will use it, but some of them even use it in slight amounts. They'll use it like little bits of or course. like, you know, but it, it's interesting because yeah. I, I've even heard it from good growers that I was like, Oh really? Oh, oh look, man. everyone back has been day, growing back in the day. We didn't know any better. This is what we were told. Okay. It wasn't until we found out that, Oh, that stuff's bad for you. Yeah. That's when we're like, Oh shit. We shouldn't be using this. Yeah, no we, more. we didn't know that phosphorus. When they were selling it to us on the shelves, yeah. this was like, dude, this was things going to make your thing big. It's going to make your sh- bloom boosters. That's what they were cu- telling us. Yeah. They were you just know, giving you tech. Yeah. Like here goes from two pounds to three instead of. And they were this is what's it actually at the store. So you trusted them. You didn't realize that yeah. what you were putting in there was actually poison until the research was done. Yeah. And then as that research came about, then we said, we don't want this. We smoke our weed. Yeah. You know, there's other people that don't smoke their stuff, but we're like, hell no, we smoke we're that our next weed. generation. <laughs> we're that, we're that X generation. Of, so unfortunately we smoked yeah. that weed though, but the future, <laughs> the future, you know, future smokers yeah. are actually going to have clean weed and not ever be exposed to that, which is Great for cannabis. Yes, it's amazing. That's yeah, one of the reasons the, we came in. You know, with the you, test dummies. Yeah. If you can grow good weed, yeah. You don't need any of that. Well, we actually know too what causes PM and why we have the like people are trying to get around these problems and they're they're spraying their plants with certain things. We're learning now these days. We know why things happen. So then you're like, oh, let's just fix the problem instead of fixing it after the fact and having to spray. And that's the thing. Like I remember in 2008. In, you know, 2007 and eight, those issues that was like, oh, you use this to fix that. And it's like, no, you don't. You fix the problem. You take the, you you know, you have a flat tire. You actually fix the tire. You don't blow it up and then put bubble gum on it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But that's what we're learning as growers. And it's so crazy because things are changing so fast now. And that's L.A., bro. How different was L.A. when you guys were coming up growing when you first started? Yeah, I mean, crazy. We all it's we started with one light just like everyone else, you know, 
I grew with a parabolic reflector. We had Mylar on the walls. Um, <laughs> yep. And oddly enough, the first grow I ever had, well, very, well, the very first grow I had was soil. It didn't work out. I didn't do well with soil. My uncle called <coughs> it the torture chamber. I scrapped it. I started over. I went to Foothill Hydroponics <laughs> and uh, yeah. in, in the valley. And the guy there was a complete asshole always. He knew exactly <laughs> what you're growing. He always yeah. asked you what you're growing. And like, no, I'm growing tomatoes. Come yeah. on. He knew, he knew you were lying. But, uh, and it was even like that out here. That's so crazy to hear because I think in Florida we were like that. We would borrow friends' cars and give them an eighth and be like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta move today. I gotta help my sister move." And then I would take their car to the grow store because, like, God forbid, their license plate yeah. gets run. Like, it ain't going back to my grow house, right? Where you know where your car is registered. Yeah. So we would borrow friends' cars, oh, and yeah. I would do that every other every three four weeks. We'd go and borrow a friend's car, you know, load it up, and then literally be like looking behind us, sketching out. I mean, we would go go to lunch, park back there, see who followed. It would be a whole day event picking up some rock wool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, honestly, he, he advised me, the guy from Foothill, mm-hmm. he's like, you can grow in slabs and salts, which that was the first time I, I ever really grew successfully. And it was in slabs and salts is exactly what we're doing today, wow. which is kind of crazy. Yeah. What year would this be? 95, right? 1995. Yes. Wow, bro. So, yeah. wow. What year did you smoke for your first time? Uh, 1989. Okay. I was in ninth grade. <laughs> so six oh, years yeah. later, yeah. you were grow. You 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 yeah. threw up a lot. But my sisters were they were younger than me. They were smoking way before me. Yeah, yeah. They were like when you got family like that and older siblings, you you start young. Well, I, I was the oldest. They were younger. Oh, they okay. smoked before me. They were the bad influence. Well, yeah, on you. I, I didn't smoke till I was you know till I was a little bit older than yeah. them. But they smoked before I did. I, what was the first time you saw it grow? It was shortly after like your first real grow. You were like, cause I mean, coming from LA, you think like, Oh, everyone's around it. First you real know? grow was probably, uh, one of Josh D's grows. Oh my God. Damn. Yeah. Wow. That's Joel. fucking legendary. That was probably one of the first grows I ever saw. My brother took us to, my brother was, was more friends with them than I was. My brother's really, you know, he was young at 13, but when we finally got the OG cut, he just kind of huddled away by himself and grew OG for many years and tried to, and figured it out and really, was the secret to our success. So you and Josh D crew go that far back. Uh, My brother goes back with some of them. Um, We always kind of knew each other. Um, You know, we talked, but back then it wasn't legal and people weren't sharing information a lot. And your crews rubbed elbows. Yeah. That's how we used to put it too. We, we had, I knew of other crews in central Florida and other places and we would get their herb and we would be like, Oh man, they, that crew over there grows some skunk. We got to get that cut. But it was, we knew there were other crews around. We've just, like our homie would know one of their homies. Right. But it was, yeah. it was them, that. That was the know? thing. We knew a guy, it was a guy named Doobie. His name was Doobie. <laughs> he, and he, he was in a wheelchair and he sold the best weed and he would sell at rates of 5,600 plus 64 and up. I think Joel told me he sold some packs for 8,000 back in the day in LA. Wow. You know, it's different when you're getting that on the East coast, but in LA to get that at that time was huge. And these guys were like, Doobie especially was like a guy that's, was a guy that was the connection to everyone. He he knew all the biggest growers. He knew all the biggest brokers. A guy named Kodiak, which was still a good friend of ours. Uh, he was a, a legend in the game as well. A guy named Guido that I met recently. He's also been in the game a long time. We are all like one degree of separation away from all these guys, but never knew it until recently, until wow. we came into the rec game and we've met more people. And, you know, Really, social media has allowed all of us to meet. You're correct. You know, I never would have met you. You know, 
uh, we all kind of have that same story, so to speak. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand too, how much talk goes on in the DM. Yep. Like, I mean, we, we communicate and we'll have, you know, a 30 minute convo once every month or two, but it, or we'll have an hour and it's just yeah. random times. You have these deep convos with random people where we've had sometimes days of conversation with people before I actually ever meet them. For sure. We looked up to like King's garden. Yeah. Like in the beginning, like King's garden, like these rooms, like hundred light rooms. Oh my Amazing God. Like rooms. truly they were like the staple, the real yeah. IOG. He had hundred light rooms. Yes. You know? At that time, no one really had that. And you know, as builders, as we are, I'm a general contractor as well and growers we admire that we'd look for that on instagram and like oh like look at these rooms look how they're building it oh these guys are doing this jungle boys you know jungle boys were really the staple of la like how you built to grow you know, Brandy, the whole Netafim and Netflix came from them. Big like, shout out, Jungle Boys. Yeah. I mean, up. That's much respect. Up. You know what it takes. And that's what, as a GC, you're looking at it and you're like, I know how much money and time and effort yeah. and then planning and how many times they did it the wrong way yeah. to get to where now they, when they build a room, they're like, no, it, it needs to be like this. And you're like, well, no, we should probably, no, no, no. Yeah. It needs well, to be like this. And it is a live moving vessel. Yeah. And you have to have a captain who is on point. And he is like, he's referred to him. He's been the key to the whole success of this because his attention to detail and dedication. So this guy is actually the guy who's making the stuff, following the charts, feeding the plants, doing these things behind the scenes. Hell yeah. And and the way we water, you know, the, you know, super dialing in. Talk us through the setup. Talk us through the setup. I think the grow we built was really based on all the experience that we've really led up to, you know, the grows that we built, we really learned from like comfort cooling, how most people, most of these grows that are built have comfort cooling. Most of the grows have supply, air supply on the top and return on the top. It never makes sense to us. We actually built a wall that's a return wall. So we're actually cycling air from the top to the bottom. And this was an idea that we came up with critical climate that actually helped us design this guy named Marcus who owns it and really trying to uh, push the levels of what we can do as far as control. Yeah. Cause really lights, most lights are pretty much almost the same. There's, there's other lights that are better than others. Like Gavitas or Lux is like the, what most people use, but climate is really the key. So when we built this facility, we really put a third of the build of the cost into climate. Huge concern. I brought it up on a previous podcast. Talk about three staples in cultivation environment, controlling your environment. Number one, because that's going to you not getting botrytis. That's you not getting PM. That's you not getting other issues that have to do with swings. Right. I mean, even just your harvest numbers are, are really have to do with your environment. A lot of times next is your genetics. You better have good genetics because that's what's going to take you to that. And then the third part is your irrigation. I always bring this up, what you're feeding and how you're feeding them, meaning how much time, how many minutes, and then what is going into those plants feeding, Mm -hmm. right? What nutrients, those three things is the mastery of cannabis. Like if you want to become a grower, if someone would have told me it would have been 18, 19 years ago now when I started figure out these three things and you'll, you'll know cannabis in a nutshell. Sure. Irrigation, especially there you go. Irrigation is the key to all of it. In my opinion, can can you, can you get into that? These guys are really guys who we had learned from Mm -hmm. um, and we're still learning. 
You know, my brother's still figuring still it out. New. You know, mm-hmm. when you build a 27,000 square facility of 500 plus lights and you harvest every other week, you ha- have a limited time to be able to get these rooms dialed. And, Holy you know, shit. it's tough. It's brands can suffer. That's why we put limited batches. I'm not in very many dispensaries. You know, I'm in the right dispensaries. Yes. But really kind of picking and choosing what goes in the bag is really key because when you're dialing a facility, as you know, it's difficult, it's challenging. And this is all new ground for everyone. Mm -hmm. No no one's built these facilities of Uh. this scale and really have been doing this for many, many years, except Jungle Boys and Kings Garden and those guys. They've been doing it for quite a long time and they, we know how challenging it is. And of course they know, and it's, and we're here now on our, Third round, barely just touching our third yeah, we, cycle. We, we just, for wreck. We just, uh, for wreck. Four, right, 14 so. runs we're in. We're about to yeah. harvest the 15th run in a couple weeks. Man, that's a big, that's huge wow. congratulations on that, bro. Nope. It is. That's three times per room. So that only gives you from the first, second, and third. So we're still <laughs> dialing yeah. in yeah. these rooms, man. Yeah. It's amazing. It, it always, I, you know, realistically, in a new facility, you're talking nine months before you're in full stride. Three crops, in my opinion, three crops out of a room with the same strain in that room. You're at full stride, meaning like, okay, here we go. This is what we can expect from this room. As long as you keep same strains of rotation. And that's That's what my brother hates about what I do is like genetics. Like I don't want so many jars of fire. I I don't want people to get used to the same genetics. It's like if I name something, a different name from what it is, I'm telling people what it is. If you're smart enough (laughs) to look at my menu and say, Hey, Fujitsu is sour apple animal cookies. Okay. What's that? That's apple fritter. Yeah. Well, it's bag seed from apple fritter. We hunted it. We found it. We renamed it. You know, that's important for me because I think the consumer really needs to know what they're smoking and eventually they're going to want to know. I totally agree, man. You know, totally agree. I like, and you, I mean, you brought some absolute flavors, bro. What were, I mean, a lot of crazy Skittles crosses, a lot of what me and uh, basically Pat God's talk a lot about is fruit and gas or candy gas. Candy Mm -hmm. gas. And that's, we bring that up a lot, man. Talk about some of these jars you brought. And then also you being a general contractor, dive into that a little bit. Like when you're doing a 500 you know, life facility, this is, this is no joke. 27,000 square feet. Millions. We designed it. We funded it. We built it. We operate it. We distribute out of it. We do the branding. The crew is really what allowed us to be where we are. You you guys know that. Without our team behind us, we were not able to bring this to the market the way it is. And I, I, every person that works there, I know every person's name that works there. I know them personally. I don't have a relationship with every single one, but I would like to one day. I, I want that kind of family vibe, you know, and, and it, it can be a, a double edged sword because you're like friends with these people and you're, you know, you have love for them, but you also their their employer. You know, that's yeah. the hardest part for me is. to separate business. For me, sometimes. that's the hardest part is I'm, I become friends with everybody and then I crack the whip. And they don't know where the line is. And I'm like, well, would you rather me just be a dickhead all the time? Like, where's the line for me? Like, I, I'm a friendly guy. But at the same time, when you don't do your job, who I got to tell you, well, or I got to ask. By so example, it's, though. it's tough. Exactly. We lead by example. We work as hard as the next guy. I love and that. And I feel that that's really why we, we have the crew we do, because they respect us. Yes. Importantly. Yep. We're, we're, in, we're right in the trenches. We're in the line. We're taking down a room. All of us are there yep. taking part in that. Take when you're planning a room, when you're cloning, when I do the same thing, man, when we took over this last garden, I, I was in there like, this is what we're doing. Like, you know, even when we're doing dumb shit, like 
mopping the floors when we're doing, you know, just tedious work. It's like, all right, well, let's do it together. Let's go, yeah. you know, and that's part of what it makes takes it grow work, especially in the beginning, <laughs> yeah. man, especially yeah. until you build that team that everyone has that respect and everyone knows. I love what you said when we started. This is that everyone plays their role. Everyone has their own lane. Yeah, everyone does. And if you're good at what you do, stay in that lane and don't micromanage. Don't be looking nope. over to the other person's lane, making sure. I mean, let people do their thing and, and you guys are able to just all run. For sure. I love that. Everyone has their strength. And if you allow them to use their strengths, you know, that's that's key. You know, we first when we came into this, we're like, OK, we want to get people that are there's these accrue just to delief, but really, you know, you need people that are versatile, that can be a hand roller, okay. that can help you delief, like that. that can help you break down. A room. I hear this more and more, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, we want to find people that are more like, like us and Jack like of all trades. Jack of all trades. We're I mean, also finding that they enjoy the ability to learn these different things inside the facility. They actually get yeah. to feel a part of everything that we're doing. Is doing the same thing over and yeah, over the monotony. is kind of can get boring in the same place. But yeah. once you get to rotate them around, then they they start to understand what we're actually trying to create here. You Got know? it. And that's what Damn, we say. This I is like a that. feeling. This is a, this is not just a job where you show up and you put things in a box and you push it away. Yeah. It's, it's like pride. No, yes. There's pride. That's Thanks. why on my bags yeah. I put for the love of the game. Yeah, I truly, love that. Wow. you got to have love for this, man. You know. And, and just to say, like, I love that. I love that. And that's when it says LA family farms. I mean, that's where the family comes from. It's that side of things. And it means a lot. And I love that about you guys, man. And I fucking love this yeah. new packaging. Your really? new packaging is off the chain, man. Your colors that you guys picked for this are really beautiful, man. And I know those are like colors, purple and gold, a hundred percent. But the, the shades you guys used, I, I just love it. There's a lot of, I mean, anyone could do purple, but this isn't just that this is like, I mean, it's nuanced. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful package, bro. And I appreciate that. I'm yeah. guessing that when you built out your grow, like Pat God said, you probably use the same nuance to build out the cultivation from your GC standpoint. Is that yeah. the case? Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's we, a lot of details in those DPS in those bags panels. That people I, don't know about. Yeah. 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 I mean, up, I and I'm guessing that. with your grow is probably the same. You guys put a ton of work in the back yeah. end. We, we yes. put a lot of money into it. A lot of our own money. And a lot of seed chasing, a, a lot, lot of pheno hunting. Oh never man, ending. I love it. Which people, which it. makes it's you guys no money. Hell. Doesn't make you any no. extra. No. It's just you want a new strain and you don't want to grow what everyone else is growing. So you're going to spend your money and your time and chase down something on your dime, and that's oceanfront real estate, right? So you because that what you're paying for that real estate and your grow, that's oceanfront real estate, truly. And now you decided, you know what, for people to have something that they can't get from anyone else. I want to spend my own money to see if I can get that for them. I mean, people don't understand that that's really what it takes. And I'm opening up something. And this is why I want to say this. Fucking peach pie, bro. I can smell it when I opened it up. I just smoked the other one that was, uh, we call it over the rainbow, but it's uh, over the rainbow. Rainbow on rainbow, rainbow belts with rainbow belts rosin. Man, oh this and that's is what we entered in this. I'm about Olympics. to light this. Shout out up. To, to Green Wolf Brian Ace. Thank you very much. Yeah, you. love you. Know. you. Yes, sir. But man, I, this is a beautiful joint, dude. You guys, and so these are available to people. This one I'm lighting up right now. Yep, it's available in a lot of stores. Cookies, cookies. Yeah, dude. Calma. Talk, talk you picked a crazy. Yeah, yeah talk Wolf. about it. There's a special uh, mouthpiece on this joint. Yes, this is our the love of our one of our most favorite creations that we had to come up with. This is something that we didn't just like, all right, let's just make this real quick. No, we had been working on pre-rolls and smoked all kinds of For pre-rolls years. on the market. We've always been so disappointed with what 
a pre-roll is offered on the rec, rec market. And as we entered into the rec market, we realized how big the pre-roll market is. And so we decided if we're going to put a pre-roll on the market, we're going to put something that we want to smoke. I love hearing that, that again. We like something that gets us lit and does the job the way we enjoy it. Yep. So that's what caused us to create this joint. So we went off with the custom glass mouthpiece on it. You notice that it's actually two sizes. It's got the 12 millimeter. Then we got it down to the eight, just like a size of a straw. Super so it's, cool. It's like graduated. It yes. goes from one size to the next. I haven't seen this with anyone else's mouthpieces. No, it's long. It's glass. The whole setup is different, man. When you're smoking a hash hole. You have to understand that it's hot. It's hot on your throat. Ah. And if, if if you're smoking, like this is only one gram with 0.33 of rosin. And there's a lot of great hash holes out there, but we just chose to go this route. Yeah. Okay. You know? Great one. Great hash hole. This is Good different people. though. I would buy both these and I enjoy both these are different. His is more like a joint. This is like a spliff or, or like... This is just different. It's like, I, I don't know, it's man. I love them designed. both. It's yeah. a different design joint. And uh, we haven't seen a hash hole or a pre-roll like really this. like this. And this One's dope, a Lambo man. and one's a Ferrari. Yeah, they're both. Yeah, that's what that's what we're go. looking at. That's, that's exactly. That's just even for the consumer to be able to get something hand rolled like this. I mean, talk about the process that it takes to oh, really make this. Oh, man. Thank you to our team that we have put together one by one by one by one. Our team, I'm telling you. When we actually get people to sit down and, and attempt this, we've had joint rollers who say, I'm the best joint roller you've ever seen. And they quit the next day okay? because this is not your typical rolling joint paper. This has we have an attention to detail. Like at the end of the day, I have to QC them. I go by every joint. I make sure that they're not covering the LAFF, the L.A. Family Farms Love logo it. with the paper. I want to make sure that they paper is showing the glass, little sparkly ice pinches that 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 holds in that. Uh, crutch because we put that crutch, you know, yeah. that crutch, crutch has to be inside. That helps be like the, the radiator. Yeah. Helps cool that smoke down, keeps the weed from going through as well. Wow. Um, so that way, you know, it gives you a nice handle. You can actually hold it. You can pass it. Yep. Uh, and then you can reuse the tip. It's actually a three in one. We've designed it that way where after you're done with it, you can stick another joint on the inside. Like I did with yeah, you guys Pat earlier. God, did you see that? How I used another Pat. joint, just pass it in there. Or use it a sneak a toke. Sneak a toke. My wife loves to put the weed right in the little glass tip, take a couple of rips, and she's good. You just blow out the ash. Pat Gods, you got to see what he's talking about. He took this glass tip. I, I did. We smoked. Oh, we man. Just hit it. it was amazing. Dude, I in love head, that you guys like, thought wow. about that. And after you smoke, let me explain this. After people, after he's talking about, once you smoke the, the basically the, the donut, you're able to take your own joint and slide it inside because of the graduation of this uh, mouthpiece. And it basically becomes a mouthpiece for any other joints yeah. from there on and out. During right. COVID, people don't want to share. So you got your yeah. own little private awesome, little bro. pocket mouthpiece. Man, I love wow. this idea. I love that. You, and you're giving someone something extra for their money. Exactly. I'm with able every to, donut joint. Man, <laughs> most, most, most joints that you buy, whether it's a hash hole, donut, whatever you want to call it, or a regular pre-roll, people throw it out. It's done. You know, the fact that you can actually keep something and have it and yeah. it has a logo on it. And I would it? use it. You know, yeah. The, yeah. we lo I look at it like this. Look, these things are not uh, they're not cheap. OK, to somebody who's been spending their good hard earned money to buy one of these. I want them to enjoy the experience. 
We're not just selling them a pre-roll like here, smoke some weed. No, like, no, we grew this weed. We made the hash from this weed all in house with our love, blood, sweat and tears, literally. And we want you to enjoy this experience. And that's why when we put it together, we're like, all right, when they pull this out, we want them to have a really good time and enjoy the end of the night. We used to call this the nightstick because it was basically at the end of the night. All you needed was one of those, one to the head, and you're good. Hell yeah, you're really like getting punched in the it's crack really, with a nightstick. It's really for your yes. everyday smoker. The everyday smoker that smokes flour all day long, when they get home, if they smoke flour, they're not getting that high. No. This is the next step. Yeah. This is where you can just light like up, that. share it. And if you don't want to smoke the whole thing, most people, I challenge them, smoke the whole thing. Go I ahead. I love it. Try by yeah. yourself. Try. We do. If we do, <laughs> but it took time. Yes. You know, we can act when, if you're not finished, you can actually put it back in the tube with the mouthpiece down and the air will close it out I'll in a minute and you out. can light it up back. You don't need to actually put it out, like put it out on an ashtray. You can just snuff it out. That's it. And this it, thing get me cheese. And, and you know what? Somebody else have told me that. They enjoy it so much that when they actually buy them, they will break it up and smoke it in little bong loads. Oh. And I'm like, you serious? And they're like, yeah, it tastes so good because it's got the rosin in it. Still. No, this is fire. This is fire <laughs> herb. I can tell. And I've, this is my second one. Now I'm smoking. And this one's even crazier than the other one I smoked up uh, the flavor wise. And this is a great man. You guys curated a great product here. And I just want to go back to that is, Explain. You were explaining when you first got here how, how long it takes. You say yes. some people an hour and they can only do eight of them. That's our best. That's their the That's best person. Best of the eight best. hash holes yes. in an hour. In an hour, it's uh, that difficult to get sixty this. a day. Uh, our, when, uh, when the first per, fifty when, to sixty. When we have somebody first start with us, I try to explain to them that you're not here to make as many joints as the other people that you see making. I go. I'd rather you make me 10 really good, perfect joints, then make me 20 and half of them be bad. And I said, so let's not focus on speed and not get caught up on, oh, they're rolling eight an hour. I said, because that's not, you're not going to do that. I said, what I want you to do is roll me one good one. Just think about that. Another good eight in an hour. I just want to say that's how much time is getting put into something that you're like, oh man, it's a kind of expensive, you know, like, man, you got someone, they, they grew it. They made the hash, they curated this, they rolled it up and they're only able to make eight of them in an hour for you, bro. And, and please, wow. that's consumer. the best though. That's not, not everybody's doing and that. And that's what I'm saying. That's amazing. <laughs> we're talking five an hour. And what goes into this, <laughs> yeah, you see what goes into it. Like and people, if they're paying anywhere from 40 to 50 bucks for one pre-roll, we want it to be something that really, that I can put my name behind and my family and George. And cause we take pride in what we do. And I, I think sometimes that's lost in the corporate cannabis because they're just too much of a rush to put everything into a bag. And there's no QC, you know, I can't even tell you how many joints we don't use. Like, cause either it has a leaf over the monogram or the seam isn't exactly folded correctly. It's more of an angle. We toss that. We really look, we have a detailed background and, and that's, you know, comes from construction and carpentry and, 
and having that attention to detail when it comes to building high-end homes. And now you're building a high-end brand and you know that high-end brands don't put out product that they wouldn't be no. proud of. And no. that's, and you guys are building no. something great, man. I, and I we, really, we're learning amazing. from the best, you know, we, so. we watch what like the connected cannabis are doing yep, or the alien labs or, or even, you know, shout out to wizard trees and Dio farms. And those guys, those, those guys are in Doja. Those guys really, we, we watch what they're doing and, you know, we all, are competing against each other in a mm -hmm. way, but we all admire each other. Yeah, yes. truly. Absolutely. Yeah. We feeding all, off each other, off each yes. other, like yes. making each yeah. other better. I, I like to look at us all like athletes, you know, yeah, you absolutely. like to see off the court. The, like we're all like looking at each other and we're all trying to play as hard as we can. And you know what? You got to appreciate that, man. Cause we know what it takes and you're like, damn, they're fucking doing it too. Yeah. That's yeah. Some yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Straight so, up. and, and you know, being a single source facility, and truly being all in-house, really, I take pride in because not many places can say that they actually do everything in-house. A lot of places want to outsource pre-rolls, want to outsource hash, everything, you know, manufacturing yeah. in general, or even packaging your ACE, yeah. you know. It's like, time consuming, you know, that's give, for sure. Giving you know, someone a unit and having them package it, you know, like if we package out of one unit, we're not getting 128 days. No. We're getting like a hundred. If that, if that, yeah, No, there's so much when we're packaging, we went over that today. They were packaging eights. I had to call Joe and I said, Hey bud, I mean, you know, I really need to let you, we need to make a decision because with the packs that we're putting in, I know you wanted X amount of units, but based on where we're going, I think we need to be a little bit more worried about the quality that we're getting yeah, versus sure. the quantity you want to get. And Joe says, I understand then only make the best of the best that we can get. And don't worry about where it gets us. Yeah, Because this, we don't want to put too many smalls into a bag because when you're paying that price, small, someone opens a bag and they see 10 smalls, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? I'm never yeah. coming back. And you know, they don't understand that costs you money. Yes. Does, they don't see this they stuff. Don't see no. it. And nobody knows this stuff. Nobody, man. but we're now sharing it with, the world, yes. really, because, you know, we first we, smoke a day is going to blow the fuck up because <laughs> when we're we tell we, get it. as we're packaging, we say, look, this is the last chance we get before the consumer gets to get the presentation. You know, it's like, yeah, You're the last got, line. We got defense. pictures. We got all this great stuff. We've got a beautiful facility. Yeah. We bust our ass. Yes. You know, 15 hour days like mm -hmm. this is not a joke here. And then we're just going to be like, here's some weed. No, like, no, no, hell no, hell no, hell no, everyone would quit. And no it starts way, at the top. Dude, it doesn't come. work you like that show with us, bro. It doesn't work. It's not worth it. It's like, dude, we work way too damn hard. And honestly, this all starts forward. at the top with us, my brother, my family, my sister, Shoot. you know, my, si oh, his my sister, sister seriously, fucking runs <laughs> that champ, facility. man. Wow. Dude, she is. I love this lady. She is the heart and soul. I mean, she is Truly. the woman. Look at the dudes that she's got to deal with. You know what I mean? And she, what, what specific role, <laughs> when a boys, what specific role does she play in the business? Does she have a, a specific task, like duties? Every part of the company. Okay. Right. So she's yeah. the overall so, umbrella. So, so he, she's uh, in more parts of the company than my brother and I are because she deals with the office, everything. the taxes, the accountant, oh, metric, man. cultivation, everything. the schedule. Everything. everything you know she's wow. in every department yeah she's the glue she, she's the glue she, that it was my brother everything. and i for for most of our lives 
But now we know we all need each other and we know how powerful each one of us are in this company. She's a full partner and she deserves every last penny. Dude, the way this is literally like Voltron or like, you know what I'm talking about? Like you, it's like Power Rangers. Like the, you put the forces together. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's it's rare that it's rare that you can have a a family that can actually (laughs) work together. You know, we're battle. We battle. Don't get me wrong. We have our battles. Man, I, I just, I'm gonna have to pitch you on a TV show after this, big dog. <laughs> like, this is sounding too good this right here. This will be a good TV this show. I want to cool see stuff, for myself, dude. bro. Yeah, you guys cool are always stuff, welcome buddy. to come by the facility and see it and Man, see no. it for yourselves. You know, most Instagram social media pages <laughs> like to show just the flower. I show everything. I'll show the facility. I'll show my mom room. Yeah, there's sulfur in our plants. That ain't PM, and I ain't scared of it because yeah. I ain't hiding straight nothing. Straight up, straight up. You yeah. know, straight up. You know, You're like, like, no, it's actually in veg. It's supposed to actually supposedly help the plant bring out terpenes yep. later in flower, and it's a the one of the best preventatives for one of the scariest bugs in the market. Yep, fucking and mites <laughs> and PM. Yeah. yeah. So why? And we didn't know this honestly. And it's cheap as fuck. And PM. People really didn't know this until the last few years that, you know, micronized sulfur is what you're talking about. Well, the indoor market didn't know about it, but really uh, big ag knew and, about and, it. And everyone that has yeah. grown outside mm-hmm. up north in Humboldt County has known about this. It's their it's their ace in their back pocket. They and know about it. We're just slow. It's yeah. weird because the cannabis market is we're slow to accept big ag. We take on all these home remedy bullshits like, mm-hmm. you know, Ed Rosenthal spray or all these random sprays that are like lemongrass. Not to say they don't yeah. work, but Dr. Bonner's. Yeah. Soap, you you know? know, but then you find out like, no big, but then big ag also uses the scary shit. Like, you know, all the stuff, you're Eagle 20 and all that nonsense. But it's dope because like what you're saying, okay, micronized sulfur on veg, especially this, this is what I like. And this is why people, I don't like people hate. Man, you bring in sometimes growers like we have to bring in strains from other people's gardens. Mm -hmm. If I do that, I need a fucking arsenal of products to be able to battle whatever problems that fucking guy brought to my garden. For sure. So when people want to immediately come down, like, why would you have that? What are you doing with that? Right. Well, what do you mean? (laughs) <laughs> look at other I people's gardens yeah it's you have to build hey, that I'll, repertoire i'll take pm and mites any day on a clone any day if it's rather, the right strain rather than hop latent oh hop latent virus Man, or touch on or, that touch on that because or, I, I don't think a lot of people know about what you're talking serium, about you know these are mm-hmm. these are things that they're not death know. sentence to facilities because you can mitigate it or find a way to replenish your mom stock at maybe another legal spot to be able to do that. But not everyone has that, you know, that capability. The, clone, eight, the, hops, clones, the clones that we get all come from legal nurseries. But mm-hmm. when I get those clones, if it is, if I do, it's rare because I have to bring, if a clone is coming to our facility, it has to come through a legal nursery. Yeah. So when, if I'm getting anything at any time, which is rare now, but when I do, I do it testing not only with one lab, I do it with two labs and I don't tell each lab what I'm doing. I see if these cuts are coming back with hot latent viruses. Some labs might show for some cuts. What are you have. seeing? Uh, yeah. what you're seeing. You're and, seeing it. And, and, and the there's plants. a way, there's a way yeah. to take cuts to where off the plant. So if you're getting a clone, every internode, every branch, you want to be able to take at least a little snippet of a leaf off each set of internode branches. Take it off the whole plant. You're not just taking off one little snip. You're taking a bunch of different because, stages of the life. Yeah. Of growth in the plant. So if the plant is six inches tall, it has eight leaf sets. You're taking off off each set that actually allows you because you can test off one, one branch and actually 
pass testing, but the other part of the plant might actually test positive. So it's like, that's why if you've ever seen this before, which I have seen it on farms, I've been lucky enough not to see it in our facility. I've seen it in a few places already. It I shows saw it, it on, on one branch. Legal clones. I've seen, I don't yeah. want to see it. Have you seen, have you been, t- have you had stuff test positive from? Yes, Link? absolutely. Yeah, I, was a, I absolutely. wanted to get to that. I want people to know that. I don't want you to breeze absolutely. over that because we bought. 16 i mean we bought clones for a legal facility that i i basically consult for right Mm -hmm. and uh we had to kill about 800 of the clones out of uh 2500 we killed about 800 of them from hl and i you got off easy brother at first i didn't know why though at first i (laughs) thought man they took a lot of shitty cuts and lowers cuts and then over the last year eight months i've learned no those were actually infected and oh, wow. and remember when I used to bring up pack odds to you when we were running phys- lowers cuts? I used yeah, to say, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. that's actually no, that's actually that's, HLV. That's hops latent virus. That's, that's why some around. plants we're getting plants with viruses and we're passing it through the water and through yeah. feedings. Makes and it's yeah, that's exactly how it's. <laughs> and remember when 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 nugs facility. nugs would not look the same. The nugs from the same strain will be like hairier and won't have the terps. And we're like, oh, that's a lowers cut or, oh, that's not a good cut. No, that's actually HLV. I've seen it in in my facilities previous before we knew what it was. This is going back five years ago now. People call it I've dudding seen disease. It. I think it's called dudding. As it's a hundred percent called dudding. So yep. we, it can, it can show on one branch of a plant and it can show on one plant on one branch in a room of the same strain. Yes. It can show on just one plant. What are you seeing with it? I see a lot of expressing of when I've seen it, it's like female pre-flowers are very long. So you look at the plant and you'll see the pre-flowers of the plant will be very long and extended and you'll get skinny branching that breaks very easily where the branching will go lateral to the sides and it won't come up. And then if you just put a little bit of pressure on the the actual branches of the plant, they'll snap right off. You don't even have to tug or push. It's almost like it's a fragile thing. Like also we've had them where they'll, they maybe I don't water it in time and it'll die immediately. It won't even give you a second. It's, it's a weak plant that's just propped up by its looks. It is my buddy from pound cake farm. Actually, he can actually spot it in a room. He's very good. He has an eye for it. Um, I've haven't been around it, but I've seen it in farms. But if I ever had an issue, I would obviously call him, but I test everything, which is why, why I do it. And I test it with multiple labs and I've learned from other people that have dealt with this yeah. by just having friends Spend in the industry the money now, which yeah. is cost it, 90 it, bucks. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's 90 bucks. So I'm it's guessing so worth it TC labs next run. for you guys. I'm guessing Tish, at some point you guys well, are going tish, that route. Tissue culture yeah. I, I, for me, probably not because okay. I, I hunt everything. <laughs> and if everything is from seed, which you can get hop lane from seed too, but you're good about not bringing other strains in. So yes. you're pretty much. And if I do, then. I test it, yes. you know, and, and if it has any bugs or any, powdery mildew and look you can get rid of that you yes, can just you can. quarantine that so it's just really about viruses and you can clean up cuts of hot blame without tissue culture you can do oh it. wow i you didn't know that call classics he has he's has data from it and he can do it if he can do it and he says he claims to do it i believe him great breeder by the way great cool classic breeds great, great strains yeah we had his enchanted cookies uh he's, he's been known for a couple really good strains I want to touch on that though. Talk about cleaning up strains. That's a normal thing for us cultivators that really do this shit. 
You know, I want to touch on that. Some of these people, you know, you, you know, that want to breeze over, man, when we first got purple punch, it took us about nine months before we could actually bring it in the garden. We had spider mites, it had issues. And we didn't know, I didn't know this till I just knew it had a problem and I I could tell there was issues with it. We didn't know how many problems, but we knew let's just start attacking it with different remedies. Right. Then come to find out the other two guys who also got the cut, the same cut from the same guy. We're like flipping out. They're like fucking spider mites in our, our guard now. Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't trust it to begin with. So we put it in the garage and we spent three to four mom cycles. So we clo- we let it get big, sprayed it, sprayed it, sprayed it, sprayed it, defoliated, defoliated, sprayed, dunk, dunk, spray, and then cloned it out. Did that three, three to four times over. It took us about six to eight months. And then finally, I, I scoped it and felt comfortable. I didn't see it anything. We brought it in the garden and it killed me because people were already growing the purple punch at the time. Mm-hmm. And we had had it for like almost a year, but I couldn't grow it because the person who had it, it was on some outdoor farm in Oregon and well, it had, you had some of the best purple punch. I bought it. We dialed that shit yeah, in. And that's what I used it. to pride myself in is like, you You're might the have reason had other I got people's. my purple punch cut there. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. I, I would bring yeah. your, I would buy your stuff. And if you only know, we would have fucking known, man. Holy well, I, shit. I, I would, <laughs> I, 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 I would have loved to have been homies like six, seven years. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy, man. It's a small world, man, isn't it? It's a really small cannabis community. Yeah. It at is. this at this level, it's really like everyone kind of knows of each other or knows each other. Um, and when and you do dirt, everyone knows about it. And when you're yeah. a good person, everyone knows about it. Truly. I want to be known mostly for, you know, as a family, I want to mm-hmm. be known for being good people too, you know, yeah. good business and you know, you can buy cannabis from anywhere. Would you want to support a family that truly has love for the game? Truly? Yeah. And has yes. for the morals product. and ethics and has, you know, great people that work for them. And, you know, people can dream about this, but we're living it now. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, man. Living a dream. I love that. We couldn't even imagine dreaming. The way that these guys built this facility is literally like you're walking in inside of a computer. It looks insane on it's your page, amazing. like on your page. I, I got, that. I go to your page a lot and I'm like, oh man, I dream about what my grow room's like. Oh God, one day. And there's tons of things that we would change about it now. But you that's know, because you're look. good at what you do. Yeah. It's like, we went back and forth from like, do we want to have eight rooms, nine rooms, five yeah. rooms, it took four rooms. two years to build the facility. Yeah. Especially <laughs> the track, it's hard enough to build a facility of this caliber. Try to build it during COVID. Mm. Okay. You know, it was tough. Oh, yeah. It was talk, like, talk about it was historic. Yeah. Walk us through it. I mean, even if it's a shortened version, like, I mean, we, we basically pulled every permit. I pulled every permit. I dealt with the city part, which was tough. My brother was more of the on hands guy building it. A lot but of waiting, it, but, but it was both of us. We really both built that place yes. and we designed it as a family. And, you know, we, uh, we're very proud of it. We've paid up, paid for everything up until last week's payroll. And we're just starting finally to bring in money because from the rec market, but it's, it's been tough because we all know the rec market is not set up for us to succeed a lot of the time. You know, when someone buys an eighth for 60 bucks, just remember this people, a third of that is taxes. Okay. You know, and a third of that is what, what we're selling to the dispensaries at. 
Yeah. So think about yeah. that for a second. And then your cost yeah. split, split three, three ways. ways. The yeah. shop gets third, we get a third, and so does the, the man. And it, it's wow. crazy because we will get comments sometimes on the page like, don't glorify $100 Ace. And it's like, but no, listen, understand. it's not glorify. It's that this grower understand. just spent two years finding that strain from seed. He also spent $500 a pack on 20 packs of seeds. So his investment was like five grand, by the way. All right. So he bought those seeds two years ago. Then he took prime real estate in a garden that he spends crazy amounts of money to, to prop up. Right. Absolutely. He then grew those seeds out and found something, maybe one out of all $5,000 worth of seeds. One thing that hopefully the market would like, then he right. took his faith and his money and put it to the test and said, fuck everybody. I, if this doesn't work and then got you your eighth. Right. And and you were able to go in a store and buy it and take it home and smoke it with no liability, meaning you didn't have to worry about, oh, well, I had to grow this eighth. You don't have to, you can, you, I mean, you spent your hundred bucks, let's say, or 80 bucks, whatever, $60 yeah. on your eighth, man, the amount of work that took someone like you or some of these guys to get that eighth in front of them of a new strain of a new, this grown perfectly. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's why it kills me when a lot of these people, we need to educate these consumers on the amount of work that some of these really good brands like you guys. And so, I mean, alien labs, I mean, we'll go on and on straight organics, Blackleaf. Yep. I mean, we go, I, I love NorCal gardens. I love all these guys. I'm, I'm smoking so many different things from great companies that curate their product. Well, that I just want to touch on that, that it, man, it takes so much time to get something like this hash hole. And then you guys, your pricing is so reasonable. It's unbelievable. That's that. because we're a single source facility. We don't source anything. Like think about it. If you're someone that is sourcing hash or flour and tax, you're, and, tax, and, tax. Yeah, and you're buying that now the labor behind it now to sell it in retails, there's not much margins for you to make money. So the, the, the pre-rolls have to be more money, but yeah. when you're a single source facility, it's, it's easier for us. We can make it more budget driven for people that are budget driven. You but, try your best right. to do it. And you try our the taxes really make, literally, make, make it hard. Taxes make it budget hard. driven because we understand not everybody can afford the bigger ticket. Yes. But at the same time, we're going to give you the best experience for your bang for your buck. Yes. When a, when a consumer walks into yep. a store, there's hundreds of brands to choose from. And the way they choose is either dollar oriented or they already have in mind what they want because that's their favorite or they have a price standard. You know, it's like those are the kind of or THC. You know, THC and dollar. I think we should touch on that. Two basics. Man, (laughs) it kills me. That kills me, that part. But I just always tell people, if you're looking for budget, buy some greenhouse. Yep. I mean, when you go to a top notch, top tier brand and then you're complaining about, well, like, I mean, it'd be like going to Gucci and being like, this is expensive. Right. (laughs) You'd be like, bro, who are you? Yeah, you're in the wrong store. (laughs) But I mean, it's it's really that. But I mean, what you said, though, is key, man. Uh, THC, man. Are you getting a lot of people like are you getting distros or like are you getting shops asking like, man, we need some high THC testing shit? Of course, we had white runs test at 22 percent. Awesome. And then, and then, and then we had, no, for the market, no. 22% is they not awesome. take it or put it on the shelf. No. That is so sad. No, Cause 22% is great. Yeah. To by the percentage. Most OG big, we ever grew, never tested over 22, 23%. No. When I see OG today testing at 30, I scratch my head. I'm not sure, but I'm like, okay, what's going on? But who knows? I don't know. It's bullshit. I know. I'm telling like, you Like right I got to test at 22 and then I got to test at 
32. Eyes grow, smoke, presidential cush, test 23 to 24%, right? Some of the best herb I've smoked in my whole life. I mean, I've put people out with prez. We've smoked. People are scared to sit down and smoke joints of presidential cush because they're like, I might have a panic attack. Like, it's that strong. Okay, it's 22%. It's straight Afghani cush cron that's why i I can't go i I can't believe and i'm you know we're all consumers we're all connoisseurs i'm not buying into this thc shit at all none of these testing places you can over dry weed and raise your test score i know that for a fact if you over dry your herb you like in colorado right if you pull more moisture out your content of thc is higher for that same amount of herb so you will test at a higher percentage. I know companies that literally time. will take product yeah. and over dry it, knowing that then it will test higher. Test and higher. then there's your test score. And then they can get what they want out of it. <laughs> Standard, they should have standardized testing. But somehow. that's why the consumer yeah. shouldn't rely on yeah. that. That's it, why it, that shouldn't even be part the, of it. The, the funny part is we're so fixated on one of the over 700 compounds that create the effect that we get from this plant. It's like, okay, let's talk about one, but there's over 700. Yes. It's like, what about the mixture, the combination of the terpenes? Terpenes are aromatherapy. And just like you have your different smells for relaxation, for awakening, those are the same things that affect the experience. So you're going to compare what the percentage is based on that number. When I always say your best thing is to just experience it. Give it to your own shot because what it does for you may not do it for me. So don't allow a number to stop you from purchasing something just because it has a lower number that may rock your world. Man, you know? when I go to the liquor store and I go to buy a bottle of Dom Perignon or I buy some really high end tequila and one of them is 65%. And then I look over at the cheapest shit that's in a plastic <laughs> bottle and it's 74% alcohol. <laughs> I'm like, you're telling me you're going to take that over the Dom. Par- I mean, get the fuck out of here. Like nope, that's, that's the issue is that they can't parallel it. Take a step back and think about that in real terms. You're about to just smoke something that what you're like, it gets me hot. No, man, I've smoked herb that was 17, 18% THC, but had insane terpene profiles mm. and gotten so fucking high <laughs> in a, in an aromatherapy way where like yeah. my senses are booming my thoughts are crazy it's a whole different experience and i just it kills me when i hear this from rec mm-hmm. brands like you because you guys are growing fire terpene product right the the smells and the flavors are so there and it's just crazy to hear that it breaks my heart yes. from another grower who doesn't care about thc from and all the head growers, all of are like fuck THC. Who gives well, a fuck think about, about that? this? How, so OG who cares? Never really for us tests over 22, 23%. Maybe some people can get 25, but why did OG always get us more high mm-hmm. than any other weed? Terpenes. Yeah. Yes. It was terpenes, the combination. The experience. Dankest, loudest weed. And you had a jar of OG. And you accidentally opened it up. The whole house was blown up. But it's the combination (laughs) of THC with terpenes that 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 gets you that lifted experience where now your senses are booming. Mm -hmm. And what I get out, what I'm always looking for in my my chronic or my smoke or my medicine is I want a game changer, which means my head head change. change. I want a head change. I want (laughs) to inspire myself to do some dope art or inspire myself to get back to fucking work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot of the times it's like, take a hit and then get your ass back to work, bro. Yeah. (laughs) And it just kills me when people are worried about THC because you're going to knock off some of the best brands 
best products. You're going to make yeah. them grow a bunch of strains that test high that do not have the passion. I think it's it. about George says his best. It's about education. There you go. Educating yeah. everybody. Like this is, this is how it is. And this is one, this is our opinion. Doesn't mean it's only fact, you know, right. but this is just our opinion. I think we've been in the market long enough and we've smoked long enough. All grown. of us in this room grown long enough, you know, um, been in this crazy industry long enough to, to really feel like, Hey, we, we believe this. And, you know, like OG is a perfect example of THC, you know, of why that gets you more high than anything. Like I would love to grow OG again, but the market doesn't want it. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't sell as they as want good. sativas. Go to any shop, say, Hey, you have enough sativas. Most of them are going to say no. Yes. You know, you're right. You know, and then it's a price point. When we first came out here uh, six years ago, that was a big lacking in the market. There was no sativas. It was all OGs and like, uh, you know, the, the right, exotic the, market was the, just bubbling out here. Just fifteen era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really and, what made OG disappear was price. Oh, yeah. When the market, because it was, the market it was, crashed. It was so saturated with OG. That's yeah, what OG was down to a thousand. Oh, about. I see. Yeah. So you're saying that it was so saturated yeah, that the down. price. It so dropped. people, why would I grow that if, if it's I can grow returning. something else or way more? So yeah. many places like shut down. And, and then, cook, glue. then cookies yeah. really came up to really allow these new strains that were coming to the market, like the Forum Cut or the Thin Mint or the Sherbert or the Gelatos that were really, you know, what cannabis is today. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know? It is. I love cookies, it man. Builds off, builds off those. You genetics. know, they changed it for OG cookies. The growers. strain. I love cookies. The strain. Co- cookies. The strain. Yeah. 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 yeah the, the strain cookies. I mean, it was like a myth back yeah. in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> we used to hear about it. We never get to try any. No. And, and, you know, people, even us down here wouldn't get very much cookie strains. You know, it took years for us to like finally get forum cut or thin or the platinum. Oh. I grew all three of those. I really didn't like them because they were like, very small yielding plants and they're like popcorn sized buds and very hard to trim. Yeah. Yeah, Boutique. It is boutique. You know, it is boutique. And uh, really the fact that all these strains came really allowed us people that grew only OG to kind of go into something else. And it opened up a whole nother door. Like, and this door is still opening. It is. Right. It is truly. And OG is going to come back around, you know, it's, it'll, it's already here. Full cycle where, yeah, exactly. You're seeing gas and gas again, and you're seeing more OGs again. I, I 100% agree. And uh, on the real, let's talk about how did you guys hustle it? Like, <laughs> how did you guys go from everything to like getting into this facility, really making this happen from like, a home fruition, grow? Like from a home, because that's that was a big change or, for or, us. Or better yet, how did you guys come up and get together and say we're gonna really do this shit? Because this is a that's a brave ass move, man. This is all well, bootstrap. We, we've had successful construction companies. We've had in, uh, we built development projects with my brother and I building tri level condominiums. Uh, wow, okay, uh, tracks of homes. So with my father. With my father. Absolutely. So you had a good groundwork. My dad was the key to why we are here today. They know how to use Work saws and, wow, and hammers and build things with their hands. These guys yeah. are yeah. true craftsmen. That's what when it you takes. say carpenter. You know they're they're basically Jesus now because they can build and grow weed. <laughs> no, no. I wouldn't say that. No, just, my dad taught kidding. us when we were young to like instead of having a pool man, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to teach my sons. You know, they're going to learn how to operate the pool and clean the pool. And then when there's a plumbing problem, he's like, 
you know, I'm going to teach you how to get under the sink and, and fix the plumbing. And I think that's kind of lost today with today's yeah, youth. I was going to say, you know, the I, internet I like can that. teach you anything, but you know, your father teaching you how to do all these hands-on things is really uh, the foundation of who we are as a family. Yeah. That's all. I love that. You kept that too. Halley family farms really means that it's a long fucking name. You know, I wish it was a shorter name, but uh, the logo sick. I love it. No, I think it's yeah, real guys are making it happen. So, so you guys, you were, so you obviously just like any grower. So you do, we're doing home grows and then you were like, yo, we need a facility or were you, were you just went well, from construction straight into a decent sized facility? No, um, without saying too much, Yeah, but, uh, really we all come from the black market, all of us, all yeah. of us. So, you know, yeah. and we grew for pre ICO, yeah. you know, at the time. And that's really what allowed us being able to grow and be able to use that pre-ICO to allow us to apply for phase two licensing oh, that's was awesome. the key to everything. That's you know? huge, um, man. You know? wow. That's kind of what I was. Yeah. That's all I wanted to and know. The, and, and when you're filling out these applications, they want to know like, Hey, how long, yeah, have, you, yeah, how long been you've been growing? Have you been how much money have you made from the black 100%. market? You know, we divulge these inf this information wow. yeah, because to the state. it's necessary because Absolutely. we all want to pay taxes. We that's all right. want to be legal, but it's just, wasn't an, a great opportunity for us until it became you the know. state also wants people who have done this before. They want to know because their whole thing is we want people. They've said it out loud. They have it in statements that they want people who they know will succeed. They don't want a bunch of new because if they, if they wanted a bunch of trial and error people, they would just open up yeah. licensing. And only so the that's strong, not the case. Only the strong are going to survive. This is not an easy path. No. The rec market is the hardest path you can ever imagine. And no. we know that with our passion and our drive, we don't take no for an answer. There is no, uh-oh, we just make solutions. We fix it. We continue. We get over it. We get through it. So it's like... We already know that the way that the state built this taxation, they built it for us to fail. They said, you know what? Yes. If you're going to survive, then you better be damn good at it. A third, <laughs> a third, a third but of there's what's no guarantee. on paying. There's no guarantee here yeah, that we're going to be around for years to come. Yeah. There's probably, I don't even know, but there's thousands and thousands of lights being built in California right now. They're trying to do everything for cheap. Yeah. Think of that. What's going to do to the price point. You know, a bunch let's, of let's talk about weed. Let's talk about all these other states coming online, though. A what lot. do you think that's going to do the price point? Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma, Insane. you know, is in a per position perfectly in the country to be able to, you know, they have a lot of land. They can facilitate to a lot of different states around the area. You know, are people going to want Cali weed all the time when you can get it from Oklahoma if you're yes. in New York or you can get it from Oklahoma if you're, you know, in another close by state? You know, I mean, Chicago just went online, right? recently so there's going to be a lot of states but remember new york the new we've been doing this for the so long that, here. you know we're pushing <laughs> the envelope you know my brother is going to push the envelope with you know even climate steering and how the differentials are without getting giving away too much this is the secret to like how you grow true craft cannabis at scale and we haven't done it yet i'm we're trying and you know jungle boys are doing it you mm -hmm. know we it's I like a work in progress. I like what you're touching on. And I also like, I haven't gone too deep into that. I haven't really even touched on that in the podcast. And I like what you're saying. Cause I'll just say I had a, I had a grower who used to run 
over 3000 lights, 3,600, I think to be exact. Right. And he came to me and said, one of his biggest trials, I'm going to drop this gem was when they had two, when GMO first dropped, they ran two rooms, I think 160 light rooms side by side of GMO. Oh. And one of them, they ran two degrees hotter at night at the, with the same humidity. Right. So they kept their VPD in check, but they ran I think instead of like a 78 or 77 degree evening, they did like an 82 degree evening and they did it through the first four weeks of the cycle. And he said they had never in their life had bigger colas and larger plants than that run that time. And he said something about warmer evenings, but also staying in their VPD range, like letting it get warmer at night. And I thought, I always thought, wow, that's fucking interesting because this is at, I'll just give it away. This was at Fat Panda in Oregon. They're like the largest, one of the largest cannabis facilities, if not the largest in the whole country. You know where they got the idea from hmm. big ag. Okay. Big ag does that for where they run it warmer at night yeah. to, do, to do different things to the plants. See, there you go, man. There's a lot of tricks that people are learning from growing in greenhouses. They're maybe implementing in, in, uh, indoor facilities. I we got, know all about it. We I, know, see, I've only heard, too much, but yeah, that's, you know, I love that, man. I love that you guys are tweaking it because, I mean, the new thing for a lot of us growers is crop steering by basically your feeding techniques and, and you know, small feeding, but more often. And I really like I had a guy come through my garden run time, right? RF agriculture. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're Aaron. And, yeah. Aaron from RF ag, really knowledgeable guy, but basically said took the volume of the plant, the, the actual volume of the the liquid volume of the Grodan cube. And then multiplied it and figured out how many gallons per hour and then the feeding of how many hours and had an exact schedule of how each plant should be fed because this is how much the plant, the actual cube will take. Yeah. And drive back. Yeah. And he had it. I mean, within a couple of minutes, he had wrote it down and I thought, oh, shit, this guy knows. For sure. That's even the next level past what I've been of course, able to. We're looking at computers now to grow cannabis. But it takes a certain facility to get there because mm-hmm. I, I have facilities. I, the back of my room is watering 10 seconds after the front of my room. Well, that's why you I can't do compensated, that. Pressure it, compensated systems, which, which actually can <laughs> pressurize the whole system and then it can water. So that's that GC talking. It's not, it's, it's, it's not GC. It's really a net has designed it to where you can actually use their equipment where yeah. they have pressure compensator emitters, where the whole thing will charge because the problems in the past where the front of your room is getting more water than the back of your room. My budget's my you issue. <laughs> that's most people's problem. And it's, you know, it's been our problem too. You know, it always is. Yeah. You know, but, but yeah, I love what you're doing though. You're doing it right. You said the pressure compensating, the whole room gets watering at the same yeah, time. And it gets even Boom. amounts and you have sensors on a certain amount of tables. And you know, if you're growing one strain in a room, it's a lot easier than growing multiple mm-hmm. strains. My brother wants one strain yeah. in a room, but the market does wants flavors, want flavors, flavors. And he understands this. And that's the biggest challenge is like juggling act. Like you're doing like juggling. Act. How, how do you do this? It's a constant you know, battle. And, and one day, We'll come back with my brother and we'll talk about how we, how we do things or how, you know, one day when, yeah, yeah. When we're there. I'm we're excited. There. Yeah. I, I love it, man, because people don't understand that. That's why. And that's, you know, you're worried about your $70, $60 eighth. And you don't realize that this person had to grow 12 different strains, pay for testing on them and grow how hard it is to grow 12 different, six different strains in the same room. Sure. 
you know, it's different when you're growing a one lighter, a two lighter, a four lighter, or a 12 lighter. You know, it's like when you're jumping to 81 light rooms or from 24 light rooms to 81 light rooms, it's, there's a big difference in how you water and what nutrient using It's like, it's key. We're, we're realizing that all now, now that we're in a huge facility, it's challenging. It's also very rewarding at the same time. Yeah. The, you know, you know finding all these things out and seeing how you can, how different the plant comes out. It's another language. Truly, growing is a feel. Mm -hmm. It is. You can look at all these graphs. You can listen to all these people. But at the end of the day, it's a feel. And it's like what you do and how you steer and how you steer your climates and whatever your differentials are, whether you're getting hot or cold at different times of the run and however you're doing it. It's like there's so many different ways to do this. And then you give them another stranded run. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, and then yeah. throw another strain in it. Rip that out. I said, yeah, I said start all over. And, yeah. You know, Scrap we should that. talk about yeah. like how the market wants purple. It's yeah. like purple is obsessed. Everyone's obsessed with purple. Like, pur- give me purple, give me purple. Like, yes. but, but now I give him something like rainbow belts. Oh, where it's like, oh, hey, man. wait, this is green weed. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I but, but there's exceptions to the, the rule. <laughs> there's exceptions. Like if it's terpy and it's skiddly yes. and he's like, wait, it's not purple. Still it's still not purple. not purple. It didn't compute. <laughs> yeah. It's, but that, I think that goes along with buying weed based on THC. You know, yeah. it's the same premise right. that yeah. we're, we're trying to make green weed great again. Yeah. Yeah. That's our thought too. We're like, we yeah. need to make yeah. green weed great again. <laughs> I know? mean, dude, some of the best weed I ever had, the skunks never turn purple. The skunk never. stuff were always no. just lime green. Didn't matter how you're dialed and how crazy your room was. Like, I totally agree with you, man. And I think every weed should be like a person, bro. You take the person how they are. You don't mm-hmm. try to change them. Yes. You don't sit there and tell them like, oh man, you'd be way doper if you fucking did this and look like that. No, this person is this way. Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. why you fucking accept them and you love them for who they are. It's the same thing with the plant. The same thing, buying your eighth, bro, you bought that eighth and that eighth, there's a lot of time and energy that went into that. Love that for what it is. Don't sit there and try to, well, like it'd be doper if it was purple. Well, it isn't bro. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's what you're, that's what the other kids for. That's what the other person, that's what the other girl is. Right. That's why why you try to cater to almost every palette. You know, and I just, just growing only purple weed is what the market wants. But you know, I'm growing a lot of Skittles crosses, but a lot of that isn't very, appealing like yep, it's not shiny as as shiny as maybe like a a jealousy cut or a uh oreos, oreos or yeah. a cold snap or whatever bling, else we have coming you know bling. i have some sunset runts coming crosses i i wow. i hunted uh that is sunset sherbert and runts man i had like four keepers from there fucking unreal wow so there's there's so much potential of of different like different palette terpenes of oh, weed man. that, that are going to be just like constant rotation. And, you know, it's, it's not fair to my brother, but I think like with, when we had other facilities, once that room is dialed in, you could literally throw anything in that room and it'll come out fire. But that room was much smaller. Yeah. But still so it was much more controllable. It, it is, I agree. It once is you smaller, have the room dialed, it's easier to then it is dial smaller, the I would in. agree, but once you unlock this, mm-hmm. you unlock yeah, it and, and you're like, okay, time. this is it. I know now what I need to do. I know now how I need to water. I know how I need to steer. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a dank factory every single time. And truly consistency mm-hmm. is what is going to set us apart from everyone. Cause that's what I feel is yeah. the key to success. He's dialing yeah. in. That's why it's like yeah. steering a 100%. cruise ship. Yep. It's yeah. literally like steering a cruise ship and he's getting better and better. Every run 
is more impressive. That's the that's the beauty of it. You I can w- see progressive improvement. How long have you guys had the facility online? I started harvesting December second. Was Dude. our first harvest. Fucking yep. insane. Talk about yeah. these jars you just brought us and shit. What do we what do we where oh man? Let's grab, so let's, let's grab explain it. Pack God's like, man. Pat Gods and me were sitting there and income LA family farms with like these crazy ass jars of hash. And they have what the really some connoisseurship. Because no one else has had you guys are actually the first to actually have it in a gram. We, we don't have any grams, but on the explain, market. but, uh, but uh, the parallel, explain the parallel. We have, we have six flavors. Like give us the rundown. Okay. Well, what we brought here are the items that we are going to be bringing to the market. This is our rosin, our live rosin. So everything that we grow in our special rooms and other rooms that we grow. in, We have rooms specifically for fresh frozen. Oh, nice. So it's not just lowers and shit like that. You have a full run. You're like, this whole run's going to fresh frozen for the whole thing. Wow. 100 lights for just over 100 lights dedicated for... uh, Fresh frozen um, fresh terp frozen. research. Jeez. So we that we call that the you know those are the terp rooms. So everything we grow in there is is not colored. LEDs too. It's not. It's not about structure. It's really about terps because a lot of times the plants that we've that we get great terps from don't present themselves well in flower form, but dank in concentrated form. So that's what those rooms are about. But anyway, we when we take these rooms down, we generally like to have them done right there in the room. Uh, we delete them right there. We chop them off with the scissors within 30 minutes. They're in the freezer. Oh, that so, fast. Or and, less. Oh, but if you don't mind me interjecting. So you are you when you're clipping it off, are you clipping it into like a, a bag, like a, a what a, a turkey, turkey bag? bag? OK, We're cool, going cool. into a turkey. And that bag. turkey bag is in a bucket. It's in a bucket. Okay. So it's already in a, a food grade bucket. And then basically you deleaf it. So the plant's still alive. Mm-hmm. You chop one branch and you with your scissors, they're just trimming it off first, cleaning it up. And then are just bucking them with the scissors into the bucket. So you're, you're trimming it on the stem. You're but basically they're not t- wet trimming. But yeah, they're right. not yeah. taking the scissor and sliding no. across the stem. No, they're no, not no, using no. like a bucker. No, we right. do not want that. It's we actually go clip, in there and clip, clip every clip. single part of it because we don't want to damage any heads. This is a very delicate process and people don't understand like, why is rosin so expensive? This is why the process truly to, and you know, like we had some garlic juice that didn't have the right, it's, it's white, but it's not white enough for the market because the the market wants the whitest shit. They don't understand the differences yet. Some, you know, it's, that's education, brother. Talk to us about the cold cure and the, and the difference, the different consistencies. Um, That's the thing about what I don't know if a lot of people know about yet, but with the hash rosin market, there's so many different levels to consistencies and the different results are palette and understanding of how the product comes out. Like what we've created here, we have our fresh press variation, and this is what we press at 148 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and it's usually with very little, very low pressure and it's about done in about a minute and a half. And then when we press it, we don't have it just flowing off. You know how like you'll see those beautiful waterfalls. It's actually being pressed in a closed parchment paper to preserve terps again. So as we pull it off the press, we'll drop the puck out and then hold plate. That's great for show. It is. But in our opinion, the way we want, we want to preserve terps. We don't want them running down. We want to just as quick as possible, fold that over Press it now. Put it in a in a, in a freezer or refrigerator. Yeah. You're talking about off gassing. 
So when yes. it, now it's running and it's heated, you're getting the off gassing yes. of terpenes into the air where when exactly. you're, you're basically preserving them by capsulating them yep. and then yeah and then i love because like i was saying when they came through they came through with six flavors six fresh press flavors and then the same exact flavor in cold cure and i'm sitting here passing them between pack gods and i'm like dude smell this smell that and you can literally one smells different than the other and it, it's the same but strain. the fresh press doesn't have much of a smell because it's kind of locked in there you go you know, i love so, that and this was just done to like the cold cure was done over time, but the fresh press, how long ago that done? The fresh press, actually, it's been preserved in the refrigerator. Okay. I've had that fresh press. I want to say it's been cold curing, but in at a at a colder temperature. So the, the, depending on the temperature you're cold curing, you can either slow down the curing process or you can allow the curing process based on the storage temperature. So, but the, the reason the cold cure smells ten times more is because it's off gassing terpenes. Yeah. Yes. So exactly. So okay, and that's even as a educated consumer, I was seeing all this fresh press in the rec market, and I would buy it, and I'm like, man, why are they not doing cold cure? I don't understand this because in the black market, right. all the rosin is is cold, cold cure, cure yes. really, yeah, like there's a lot of it, that and then true. now I see because. And man, I, I honestly, I'm, I think you guys should sell it like this because well, there's a reason why there's a reason why it's only cold cured. You guys yeah, should sell it though. Like this, where I get, to, you get to try both. We want to I, like I, as a consumer to be able to dab the cold cure and then go back and forth between the fresh press. Oh my God, bro. The, that's amazing. The, we that have is, the ability to do that. The once again, wow. The fresh press. That's is the thing about the fresh press. Once you understand what the fresh press can do for the hash consumer, you will most likely choose yes. the fresh press because when you get the fresh press, you now become the hash maker. You get to steer the direction of this hash cold cure. You can't go backwards. It's already cured. You can't make it fresh again, but when it's cold cured, you can either preserve it and keep it and maintain that turp blockage and keep that candy light glass look just by keeping it at a really cold temperature, or you can allow it to go at room temperature at 70 degrees and it's going to get that cold cure look just like flowers. It's going to change. Or you could do pocket tech. What I like to do literally put it in my pocket by tomorrow, it's going to be all wet, you know, so there's different variations as a hash maker. When you get it in fresh press, that's the beginning of the magic. So it's hash magic. It's like what it looks like today, depending on what I do to it, like look at it, what it looks like today. And then tomorrow you're going to taste it and you're going to smoke it and you're like, wow, that's a different experience. And then you're going to leave it in your pocket and then you're going to come back and you're like, whoa, it's all whippy. It's like whipped cream today. Yeah. And then you're going to like, oh, I'm going to go play with it. You know, you're going to whip it, whip it, whip or it. Or you'll have the heady guys that just keep it in, in the refrigerator or freezer and just want to dab it just yeah. like that. Because yeah. they'll, but those are the guys that treat it like a real true connoisseur, like a, a wine sommelier would have multiple variations of wine. Yeah. Don't just, and they have them there for the vintage purpose of it. And yeah. they have it. So that way they go in there and I just want to taste, Oh, this was one. And they'll have dates on them. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is from, you know, October Damn. of 27, you know, this date, look at that and look at it. Look at what it looks like now. Look yeah. at it. It hasn't even buttered yet. Yeah. Like there it's, it's an experience, you know, and, and once people start to recognize hash on that level, they'll start appreciating that it, it, it has such a higher value. But color is dictated. A lot of people dictate how they buy upon color. Like, oh, it has to be white. It has, and but, smell. You know, uh, we have a Skittles cake cross that we run. 
and man, it produces green rosin. Wow. It does yellowish rosin, but it is so dank on the turpage. You know, it's high in turpage, but it, it just doesn't, it's not pretty to the eyeball, you know, they just like that light color. That's what they're attracted to. Which is um, crazy because mm, that's also indication of early heads, wouldn't it be? Or if you if it's if it's pre web also pre web or pre uh, earlier. If you do pull earlier, you're definitely going to get the advantage of having a lighter color. So the darker um, heads would be even a stronger high, more sedative high sometimes, and would be like more aged or more honestly appropriately aged for oxidized flowers. Yes. There you go. You know, uh, or just the, the nature of that strain happens to just produce that different darker shade. And if you can see here in garlic juice mm-hmm. versus the sour animal, look, the at, the, sour look, at, look animal. at the color. Sour shade, Dean different. animal cookies. Oh, look at that color and put it next to the garlic juice. Yeah. Totally different. I mean, I love the sour animal too. Like, I mean, they, it's so interesting, though, because even as an educated consumer, to be honest, I didn't know oh, if you would have told me, hey, I have fresh press here and then I have cold cure. I would have picked the cold cure. But now that I know that the reason it smells more is because it's off gassing terps versus them being locked in through some type of, I guess, like an outside membrane. Right. That kind but of that, that will get, you know, that wet look. Yeah. That wet look that will get if you start playing with it, it'll start getting that wet look. That's why a lot of the black market brands like um, that, that are out there, they have that wet look. Yeah. They can't wow. do fresh press because it's, it's where are they going to keep it? It's like either it's being it's gonna transported, it's, it's going to yep, butter up. Butter they can't up. do that. So there's a reason why they do it only like that. At least that's only my opinion. Of right. course. I right. agree. And I think it's awesome. And I, I think people, I mean, I didn't know that. I can't wait for people to understand that. That's super cool. Crazy. It makes me respect other brands more that are in the rec market, to be honest, because like I was seeing West Coast Cure, they had papaya rosin and I randomly bought it and I was like, oh, fresh press. Why would they do that? That doesn't make too much sense. I was like, they, why wouldn't they? And it didn't have a lot of smell. So I was weary to buy it. Honestly, as an educated consumer, I was weird. And then now I'm looking back on it because I, in the end I smoked it and I was like, this is fire. Tastes great. Tastes really good. And I just couldn't understand in my head, why wouldn't they cold cure it and make it look prettier and let it. And now I understand because I actually want a better product to get to the consumer, give you that better experience. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. This is going to be a big debate. This I'm telling you right now, this, this conversation right here, because I know hash era, I know trilogy. I know a lot of guys that cold cure that are not going to be like, I know, you know what I'm saying? So it's going to be an interesting well, conversation. We, we like both. I yeah, do too. I mean, I'm also a dab of each. That's why we have both. Yeah. They, they're just two different experiences. One of them gets the job done for you. And the other one allows you to do the job. I like it. What, what if I told you, can, can you explain that a little bit? Like, as far as like the cold cure from the fresh press, you're saying the fresh press is locking the terps in for you to actually taste it. Mm-hmm. So you're smelling it less, but with the cold cure, you're smelling it more. It's off gassing those terps so that you do smell it more, but you're tasting less, less of it. Right. And it's going to also most likely have a little bit higher THC uh, potency because of the decarboxylation factor that takes place to get it to that stage. Which one would have more THC? The cold, uh, the cold cure. Okay. You're going to have a higher THCA in the, in the fresh press because of the low decarboxylation time and heat, heat and light are the two, two major factors in decarboxylation. Cold cure allows heat and that's accelerating the decarboxylation. Naturally, as soon as we cut this plant, 
it's naturally decarboxylating. So that's the only difference is that. And then when you get the fresh press, it allows you to now speed up that or slow it down. You now get to start it off from like what the hash maker had from his fresh press. When I press this out, it looks like glass and candy. And that's what I get to see. But what do you get to see? What I do to it? What temperature I put it at? What if I want to put mine at 120? What if you want to put yours at 90? Well, if I give it to you in fresh press, you can do whatever you want to. You can make it into a jam. You can cold cure it. You can heat cure it. You know, you can whip it. You can make it into a cart. You know, or you can just get it all buttered up or you can just use your fingers and you can put it on your bowls. That's the way I like to do it. I like to have touchable finger stuff because I put every bowl I smoke in a bong or a pipe has topped with rosin. So, you know, everybody has their use. We have a a third rosin that we haven't brought to the market. But if I told you I can make dank ass rosin, but with a different high coming from trim. If you know how to wash and you know how to do this, and as long as George has been doing this and you know how to wash properly, a head, a trichome head is a trichome head. Yes. Whether it's amber or cured or not, right? Or it's fresh frozen. But if you know how to extract properly, we can literally make white looking rosin, strain dependent, of course, from trim. I can, uh, I can totally back you up on that because I've seen one of my best friends as a hash maker and I watched some, he's actually purchased trim from, uh, he purchased, uh, I'll put it out there, Elephant's Growth Trim oh. from his OG and has run it. And it yields very small, but the hash it puts out even on the trim is fire. But remember, it's how you treat the trim. Mm-hmm. Elephant Growth is a great grower. Great grower. And the, and, the, and, the, and the process that he has on his grow, I'm sure, translates into his trim. He takes care of his trim. trim so it's likely. how, like, if you're having people that beat up your fucking shit. And you're going to have a low grip. It's how you treat it. it. You know how you can usually tell I look at someone's trim bag. And if you can see the full five finger leaf and it's still in like the trim leaf is still like a full leaf. It's not just pieces of leaves. That's how you tell it's fine. In my opinion, I can look at a bag and if it's fluffy trim, which is full pieces of trim, like whoever the trimmers were too. They didn't cut one piece of trim three times. Your trimmers are a big part of it too. Of course. I've seen them just hack the shit oh, out yeah. of buds. Oh, the lawn. And the trim looks like like beat Break up it. trim. Of yeah. And yeah. then you have other trimmers like when we used to where we would clip it at the bottom, the base of the branch, and the whole piece of the leaf would fall off as one. You might have a quarter size piece of trim, you know? And that thing's covered in crystals. Yep. It's how you treat it in the process. Yeah. So if you have beat up trim, you're gonna have yeah. You know, contaminated, possibly contaminated. You're beat yeah. up. Yeah. We, yeah. We, yeah. 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 We, we Fucking a. When we're in the trim room, we, we know that we are not only harvesting the bud, but we are harvesting our trim. And that's the key factor of being able to process and wash your trim and produce hash. Most of my experience is washing trim. I didn't have the luxury of messing with fresh frozen. Yep. And over the time, yep. people kept comparing me to fresh frozen. It was the most difficult time because they're just like, no, nah, this isn't wide enough. This isn't wide enough. This isn't wide enough. And I just kept trying and kept trying. And eventually we got, we call it the super wash. <laughs> the super and then it wash. turned into super duper wash. <laughs> yeah. And then finally we got it to where it was like our Oreos turned out white. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, what are you talking about? Fresh frozen. And I completely like, Hey, not tell them it's, you know, 
full term dry cure. That's what we call well, it. The, ter- the reason I came up with the FTDC and the full term dry cure is because people would tell people that it was live rosin. And me being the hash maker, I'm like, I bust my ass to turn this trim into this beautiful product. Plus, and we don't want to lie to people. A lot of people right. are about lying to people and like saying what well, one thing is and what yeah. yeah. not. BHO and, was a big thing back in the day. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I'm like, I don't like people saying that this is live rosin because it's not. It's made from trim and it's fucking stony as hell and it's dank, you know, and. But it's not. So I said, you know what? We're going to call this full term, meaning it's the full term of the plant cycle. We didn't cut it early and it was dry cured. It was hung up and dried and cured and trimmed and bagged up. And then I put it in the freezer Mm -hmm. and then I did many different techniques to wash it over time to get. Took us years. It was, I would get the contamination factor of dry trim. You know, I used to wash hash in the backyard, you know, 10 years ago. Washing hat, washing trim just for the personal head because we weren't doing it for people to buy it. We just did it because we liked it for our heads. And then we started learning over watching Colorado is what turned me on to older temps. And I'm like, oh, shit, we shouldn't be washing and hashing the backyard. Yeah. You know, just worried, you know, just fuck ice. That's not all. That's not so all. We bought important. a fucking ice freezer. <laughs> yeah. Me and my buddy. Wow. Color thumb. Check this story out. Yeah. So I find on Craigslist and I'm like, you're not going to believe this, dude. There's a 10 by 12 walk-in freezer, 500 bucks. But the catch is we have to go take it out. And disassemble it. <laughs> disassemble it. That's <laughs> always like, catch. fuck them. Nah, you got to get rid of some shit. You're <laughs> the like, you shit you go do get for it. fucking this plant, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you. Here we Chris go. Chris and I, we fucking got in the truck. We drove two hours. It was like Riverside or something. It was at a closed bar, one of those sports bars. And it was drywalled in to this building. Okay. Literally drywalled in. And I look at him and I'm just like, you know what? I really want this thing. So I told the guy, look, I'm going to give you this 500 bucks. I'm going to give it my best damn shot to get this thing out of here. But if for whatever reason we feel that we cannot finish this job, I'm going to ask for my money back. And he's like, okay, that's a fair deal. (laughs) So Eight hours later. They wanted to give up. <laughs> oh Eight hours. Dude, I, I was getting phone calls. <laughs> Fuck this. They build the restaurant yes. around yes. it. I, 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 my parents used to own a restaurant. It's like in the middle of the kitchen. I started, yeah. I'm like, I, you'd be like, yeah, tie it like fast oh, and furious. It was a piece of rip furniture, it out bro. with a truck, you yeah. know, put a chain on it and just rip it out. And of the you building. had to take it out to where you had to use it again. So you yes. can't sledgehammer this oh. thing out. So I so learned how to, to take disassemble out carefully. it. Yeah. So when you disassemble something, guess what? You now learn how to put it back together so we thought yeah it took us eight hours to get that sucker out we finally got it out we installed it in my garage you know i started washing and that was the cold room uh that's a, dope. that was the the box there uh we got an old uh, mini split unit that i had it was a two and a half ton and then i made my own little what they call now a cool bot now it's called a cool bot you can get it at home depot but i actually made mine with a pid controller that just allows you to put a temperature gauge you can trick the thermostat coupler that actually controls the on and off feature so if you say it's at 61 and it gets to 58 it's going to kick on the compressor so i wrapped that little thermocouple with a heater uh, uh, blanket and i would have it another thermostat controlling that saying when I want the room to be 38, I want you to heat that fucker up thinking that it's not 61. Oh, so it keeps cooling this wow. room. Yeah. So we heated it up wow. so it would never turn yeah, on. And then wow. once you got yeah. to my temp, I had another temp in thermostat. my coils, making sure that I wouldn't freeze my coils. So I would set that at about 20. So I said, once my coils are at 20, I want to tell it to stop cooling 
so I don't freeze my coils. So there's, and this was all just because I'm a nerd and a geek when it comes to science and engineering and, love it. and electrical engineering. So I, that's the I, connecting all the dots kind of thing. So that's how I made it there. But that spawned the <laughs> idea. We actually built our facility with the idea of now we wash in a room that's it's literally a 33 degrees. <laughs> wow. The, man, the, that's cool. So 10 year journey. Well, is, is it 33, 36? Yeah. What is it? I, I keep it at 37. 37. Because okay. 33 hurts too much. Yeah. But we have the ability, <laughs> we have the ability to go to 33. Yes, we can go that wow. cold. But in my opinion, I haven't found uh, the difference other than the pain level. So I, I'm comfortable at 38. You're but in there hooded we, up. We, Matt, we have oh, a yeah. deep freezer oh, for, for deep freezing negative 10 degrees. And we stuff. have a walk-in in the, freezer. The walk-in freezer wow. at the end of the lab. And, it's a negative. Beautiful lab they let me build. Literally, they're like, all right, you've been doing this. We're going to let you have this space. Do what you want. That's and, fucking and amazing, man. Over it's the years that they, we were washing trim, this is what this whole little 10 by 12 freezer was. Learning. Is that we were building. And, and what future. Joe kept pressing me is that you know how much material you're going to have? Do you realize that you're going to have so much material? You got to figure out a process. He's like, you can't just be thinking these little one little batches. He goes, you got to be able to wash a lot and it's got to come out fire. You know, so that's like, okay. Right you gotta and we didn't want to do it with. Like the machines that were out at the time spending 60, 100 grand, 150. What quotes were we getting? Crazy Ooh, quotes. Yeah. Fucking astronomical. The, the, the cost of our whole facility is what they were asking for these washers to build the facility that we built. And, you know, we're not corporate funded, so we don't have just endless amounts of money. So the idea was, you know what? We know what works. We're going to go with what works. And as Scale we it. build on with what we have and we can afford to maybe spend that money there, we will add on. Um, but we're going to go with what we know and, and what works for us. But when you're building a facility that is permitted and building department is checking off everything you're building because it's all planned out, you can't decide to scratch your head later and install it because everything is like, this has set. to be thought out. Yeah. And this is how we thought this whole process. And, and luckily we fucking pulled it off. That's like, awesome. Crazy, Literally, man. that's the best part. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Now we're here enjoying the product right now. Well, and this yeah. guy, when he says it hurts, you know, when he went back to saying that, he means he's standing in that room having to work eight to 12 hours in a room Wet. that's 33 degrees working. Like, yes. not just standing there like, oh, I could do that. I could stand in the corner. No, you have to, you're, you're working in that all day. Like, yes. think about going to work in that. And then people are like, 60 seems like a lot for this gram of wax and this dude's in there shivering yeah. for 15 hours like yeah i hope you guys like it yeah you when know we, so when just we press, take that in consideration we press we press at a higher it's not yeah. it's not that when we're pressing because of the condensation factor yeah i'll i'll bring the temp up into the 50s but the work's getting done in that temp yeah. when you're washing when we're washing it's yeah. a 12 hour day and that's and the hard work yeah it's a 12 hour day there is no chairs there's no absolutely no chairs in my lab it's no. a standing room only and there's no time to sit down. Yeah. You guys still, you guys still wash by hand or with a paddle. We, we wash by hand. You seen the new machines? Hashitron has. I also use Ooh. machines. Oh, those are um, sick. We do a combination of things. Okay, so, cool. Uh, but we do like to do a hand wash. I would but like, remember with the machine. There's a lot of variables. Okay. When you do stuff by hand, just like comparing a hand trimmed compared to machine trimmed. Got you. Okay. There's a lot of. I mean. People can claim a lot of things, but I think the best hash that I've seen so far is done by hand. Oh, yeah. okay. So, and now knowing that you guys have experience on both sides and saying that, that means a lot. I think a lot of hash makers are going to take heed to that. 
There, you know? there, there is a big difference. We're, we're fortunate enough to have so much material. We can choose to do both ways. You know, if you had a limited amount of material, my recommendation is hand wash it. Don't waste, Absolutely. don't waste yeah. it. But in the event that you're trying to make it for, cause there's a lot of the stuff that will sell to the, uh, what do you call it? The white label where they'll put their own name on it. It's like, okay, we're, we're not really trying to get the highest dollar, but we have so much hash to produce. Then we're just going to give them that type of quality based on the quality that they're trying to pay. But what we're trying to put out on our market is the highest quality possible. So that's when we only do the hand wash. So that's why I say, if you're trying to create but the, the best yields possible. are less with hand wash. That's why people gravitate mm-hmm. towards machines because you can get a, a great yield. product. You can, don't get me wrong, yes. but you get a higher return. Get boys. Much higher you're literally talking commercial versus boutique. Yes. Yep. That's, that's, the, that's what we're talking about. It's the right Samuel now. Adams and Budweiser. Yeah. You know, the, the Chimay compared to the Miller genuine draft. That's, that's how I look at it. Because you can always tell a, a machine trim bud. You know, you look at yeah. it. And it's one of the first things I say. I look at the corners of the bud and I see it's been knocked around or there's sure. no crystals. And I'm like, mm, I wonder if that brand. And, you know, there's a couple of big brands that actually do both. But it's it's interesting. And it, it is. It's the difference between treating it like commercial, your product, For sure. or treating it as boutique. Right. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and that's a big factor when you're at the level of how much product, not all of our product goes in our bag. I mean, I don't think people realize that. No, that not not. I don't even the percentage that that goes Wait, into I, our. Bags. I white label most of it. Yeah, oh, other wow. brands. Oh, yeah, I other brands. I didn't know that. Other brands. You I, don't I'm not going to mention those brands because yeah, yeah. I have non disclosures. But you know, uh, it's better just to, you know, when you're dialing a facility, you have to people that have funded by big corporations, they'll put anything in a bag. Like yeah. you're harvesting. Okay. We'll just price it less, but the brand suffers. Yes. So yeah. I need to really be, we need to be really conscious of what goes into a bag in order to properly build a brand. In in my opinion, again, we, you know, no, we do have I the advantage that, that we like can that cherry pick. Yes. Yeah. You know, we get to actually choose the best of the best, what comes out of our facility. Yeah and put it in the bag. Yeah. So that is an advantage that we have over someone who has to outsource because usually when you're outsourcing, guess what they're probably getting? It's what yeah, we used it's to out say. Of your control. You know Look, what I mean? Yeah. Not every room can turn out dank in a 20 year career. You know, uh, when you're dialing a facility, rooms suffer, ACs get hotter, they go down. You know, it's a, it's not if it's when all this happens. So rooms can suffer, you know, and people don't want to talk about that because, you know, a brand can suffer and hurt, but it's, it's the realistic part of this game and this business, you know, and, and, uh, that's why I'm really specific about what, what we want to put in the bag. And, yeah, and so we make less money. Okay. That's the thing. We make less. Okay. But people know what they're getting and they know, you know, yeah. if I buy this, it's going to be curated properly. You're, you're exactly. still able to stand on your product. That's that's literally you what know? you're smoking. Not that, oh, you're smoking on some, you know, some different herb, you know what I mean? Than what they're getting in that bag. And, and you guys know that from building Blackleaf. Mm-hmm. You know that it's, it's important to put, you know, what you can actually put your name behind. I like know? what you said in the beginning. I think it's roundabout to this. It's what you'd want to smoke. I always grow what I'd want to smoke. I always put in the eighth jar. I always put out product that I would be happy smoking or buying. Exactly. hundred yep. percent. You know, it I is. always go back to that. Would, would I be happy getting this if I paid that? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that's uh, you know, uh, we have that 
fortunate opportunity to be able to do that, but not a lot of brands can, can do that. Um, what we're just not, we don't, we don't base everything off of money that, I mean, I love that. What you do you guys, so, so what's based the next legacy move? LA family farm? We base I mean, it off legacy. of our reputation, our respect for the plant, our respect for, you know, the fact that you're coming in and spending your hard earned working money. Cause we value the, the value of a dollar. We truly do. My dad taught us that, you know, you value the value of $1. You can value the, the value of millions if you were fortunate ever to, to have that in your hands. And that's why your stuff's priced properly. Like when we were talking earlier about that and you were explaining, you had a, you had like, I could tell you were very prideful about that. You're not trying to charge the shit out of people for your product that like, yo, listen, cause we were talking about this hash hole and I was like, holy fuck, this must be an expensive experience because of how good it tastes and how it looked. And you were like, no, no, we put those out for this price. And, and I was actually like, holy shit, that's like wholesale price. And, it's interesting. I like, I like that you come from that stance. You don't hear that a lot in this industry. No, you don't. I mean, look, I could price it to be at the same rate as other brands out there, but it's, you know, it's, is that really sustainable for us and me, you know, as a person, can I go back into a shop and get that same product over and over again? And I'm not, not knocking any brand. I love them all and I respect them dearly. All of them. You know, yeah, but it's uh, hard work all around. Uh, it yes. is hard work. If you're 100%. even sourcing flour or even sourcing rosin and you're, you're doing not all, easy. it's not easy. Not None easy. of it is. Straight None up. of it is. And they have to have those priced higher than us because they're sourcing and they putting their name behind it and they need to make a living and, and put food in their tables. And it's like, okay, we get it. We yeah. get it. That's why we're like, we wanted to build a single source facility. And that's why I think single source facilities are the future of craft cannabis. Totally agree, man. I totally agree. I think every brand that should be the model, you know, you put out your product. There's not, you know, the, all these ran, like how amazing you have a brand and you really get to see the full scope. It's like a baseball team. You got your hitter, you got your fielder, you got your manager, you got everybody plays a role. So it's the same thing. Now you got a brand and you got your rosin, your flower, your edible that's made with the rosin or made with the BHO. You know, you got all these different products, your topical, your, you know, whatever, all made from, and each brand then curates their line. I mean, we, we really, I love hash raws and edibles and I would love yeah, to have a line yeah. of do hash raws and edibles because that for me growing up and eating edibles, I get so fucked up. I hated yeah. them. Every guy, <laughs> every right. guy I knew that right. ever, ever uh. smoked like we did hated edibles for the number one reason is like, dude, I'm hallucinating. I can't fucking stand up. It's too, because <laughs> we never knew how to milligram it out mm. properly. And you know, George and I know how now milligram oh, stuff yeah. out properly to be able to dose people yeah. properly. And now it's like, it's so yes. pleasant. It's it like, is. It's and that, best. talking about the hash fries and edibles, like just the quality and the material and the experience. It's a different edible, high. It's oh, a whole different experience. Edibles are the future because now anyone, anybody, you don't have to be a smoker. You don't have to be a dabber. Like any, everyone eats, Absolutely. right? No, seriously. Yeah. Pack gods. I see you. You enjoy the huckleberry ones that I bring over. Yeah, and those, those are, all, but those, I mean, all those, those are all. <laughs> He's on 10 right <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, touching on that. So let me tell you a funny story. You ready? So I'm young, right? And I'm in college, my first year in college. 
and edibles. I hear the accent come out when you say college. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Florida. <laughs> right. And this, and so you're talking about, that's the thing I like is controllable edibles. Pack gods and me will actually eat edibles now because we know that what we're you eating is 10 it, yeah. milligrams. Yep. So we took a QP of fire homegrown herb at the time. This is 2002 and we in my fraternity house we cooked it down in a crock pot made butter with it and then we made one big batch of brownies okay we made it for the whole fraternity and i don't know what i was thinking but we ate them and then i had to go to work i worked at a nightclub okay i worked the front door at a nightclub I was the guy who clicked how many people walk in the door to make sure if the fire guy came, I'm like, no, we're good. We're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we eat these brownies and then I realized like, oh shit, I got to put a suit on and go to work. Right. We each ate a fucking massive brownie square. Like, I mean, bigger than you would normally eat for dessert, which was stupid. Right. You'd think yeah. like you should probably eat less than normal. Yeah. I don't know why, but, <laughs> and they tasted like horrible weed. You know, you're like, everyone's smiling, saying they like it. Like, no, I like weed stuff. Like, gagging, you know? <laughs> and yep. I remember being at work and this thing was like, floating in the ocean and i caught a wave i i started to float and the next thing you know i'm like fucking skyrocketing through the, and i was like i'm so fucking high i do, i literally dude i'm clicking people in the front door i had to walk around the side of the, this huge nightclub called roxy in orlando and i projectile vomited mm-hmm. like in the bushes right and then walked straight back up to the front door and kept clicking people i i didn't know where i was right I turned pale white. They came up to me and they were like, Hey, uh, are you okay? And I was like, no, I need to go. They were like, yeah, we can tell like you're white. You're literally white. And I was like, yeah. And my big brother had to call my big brother. The fraternity had to call somebody to come pick me up. I had to leave my car there because I was so fucked up. I couldn't even walk to get to my car. I was like, someone's got to pick me up right here on the side. Like I was standing clicking and that's all I could do was click and stand. That was the most I was getting done. I made it home, went into a coma, woke up the next day and was like, did I get fired? And they're like, nah, bro. They told me some stories about people like G and out and stuff. (laughs) They're like, you're all right, bro. Pop brownies are all right. Like you're good. But like, what a fucking experience with edibles. And that's. They're so different now. But now with hash raws and edibles that are out there, it's yeah. a game changer. It, it, it's interesting. I like it. It, is. How, it is. You can tell. It's the a quality. better high. It is. It's a better tell. high. It, it is. is. It's it clean. Is. It's clean. I like to say it's clean. Yeah. I haven't tried Boom. the Jungle Boys new uh, gummy edibles. Are those hash raws in? Yeah, I didn't even I know they so. had any. Yeah, huh? I think, I I think gotta, they are. I think I they are hash raws, and those are probably going to be dank as fuck. 710 Labs just dropped theirs, too. Yep. They they have a little seven ten or whatever. They it's look probably good. I mean, it's yeah. honestly, I've taken some of the edibles and I love them, and and they're not too strong. Like you could tell, like back in the day when someone took an edible, like yeah. your experience, like <laughs> bro, yeah, you're fucked up. You look, like, like, you, like, you yeah. got to just chill. Your day's over. You're yeah. on drugs. Yeah, you know, everybody can find <laughs> their own little balance, especially if you allow them to have the small dosages of like five milligrams per little gummy. That allows somebody to say, hey, I'm good for ten, or I'm good for fifty, you know, or I only oh. want five. That's what I'm I like. good for 50. Yeah. I'm good for 50, 40, myself, 50 dude. Like I anything 50 over 50, I'm like three. So Pat Gods is about 50. Where are you at? What LA family farm? What do you, when you're doing an edible, what about milligram are you shooting for? Um, I'll usually take the whole thing. 
So what? So whatever yeah, it is, whatever it is, I'll take. I'll take. <laughs> it. Yeah, like the Kiva bars, I've eaten the whole whole Holy Kiva bar, shit. but I've also eaten half the bar and quarter bar. But eating a whole one, you're not smoking all day. Yeah, I mean, but you're fine. What you're about fine. you? What is yeah, your I mean, for the chill pill? Because in the you know in the facility, we're not allowed to smoke. Yeah. yeah so the only thing I can do is is I take my fifty milligrams three times a day. Oh, wow. So, so you're three times a day. 50. He'll take rosin pills. It allows me. Oh, so wow. I make my little capsules, basically, and then I get it tested and then <laughs> I, I have them made for myself. So I, I, I like a high THCA. What, uh, what, what you, 40 you, 90 you? Do you have a special you? That no, you I just use whatever I have left over that's undesirable. Damn, that's and then, cool. And then I go ahead and, and I receive it and I, you know, basically like using the same microns to clean it up. And then I do my slow infusion because I like a high THCA. So usually I'm taking three times the THCA compared to the THC, the psychoactive property. So if I have 50 milligrams THC in that capsule, that means that I'm usually going to be taking about 150 THCA, which is non-psychoactive, but it's really good for your anti-inflammation. I'm on my feet all day. The hallways, dude are freaking long concrete floors like we everywhere. are running we're not just walking and just looking at flowers i mean we're hustling dude you know we got pre-rolls going on we got trimming going on we got washing going on pressing i mean it's a it's running a it's, and then you take running. down an 81 light room like we yeah. did yesterday yeah carrying you know? so, shit wow. so for me yeah. i call them my chill pills you know it allows me to keep chill and not have to stop and smoke i'm a heavy smoker dude so and you know how it is if you don't get to smoke what happens yeah. I get agitated, oh, yeah. very <laughs> quick to be yeah. like, you didn't get that fucking I mean, done yet? We've so been smoking chill for pill. two hours. Yeah. You see my point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why it's the chill pill. That's a good plan. <laughs> you might have to bring something like that to market for the brand. That's yeah. dope. I like that a lot. So, and it and a lot of, uh, you know, the people who, like a lot of our buddies that work with us, they rely on it too. And it's not, we're not trying to get high. Everybody needs a chill pill for we just We just want to be able to get the job done yeah. with, without being in pain and with being focused and not being agitated <laughs> because I mean, we do a lot of detailed shit and we are on each other. We'll be we're like, no, nah, dude, you got to do it again. And the key to that is we, as people have to learn how to take and understand criticism, criticism and not be so quick to be so defensive. We just went through that yesterday. Yeah. We, we just got to be able to teach people not to be so defensive. And all of us are naturally defensive. If somebody says, Hey, you didn't do it good enough or not the way we wanted to do it. You're like, well, I thought I was Excuse. doing it the best I could do it. And it's like, Maybe we're just asking you to do more because we believe you can do better. And just because you thought that that was where your level of what you were looking to do, we actually think you can do better than that. You know, and when you start to look at things in that sense, you're no longer being defensive. And now you're like, all right, we're going to next level here. All right, let's go. Yep. You know, and this then you take it on a whole nother path versus a direction of, oh, man, they didn't like what I did. So it is a mindset and team players like it, like an all-star team. We're like an all-star team. You, we're only as good as the weakest player on our team. If they're not in it to win it like us, guess what? We're going to lose out in that corner. There's not many positions in this facility. So we need to fill it with people that are more like us in the, in, in like seeing the bigger goal that we have here. And uh, if we can find people like that, it's, it's what we want. And uh, I think no matter what, we're going to get there. That's no, the absolutely. hardest part. Yeah. You guys are there. Yeah. Well, Open fuck, December fuck. and we're already smoking on fire. Now I'm, I'm looking forward to the, you know, the one year anniversary coming around. We might have to, we might have to come out and shoot a special. So I have, I have a lot of good strains coming. 
friend that's going to give us uh what's some- that one that you brought that we rolled up that was like smells like skittles but looks like gelato 41 or was in the jar the big Z- glass we're calling that Z- sheesh oh man sheesh. dude sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> that is. one is so fire uh, that's a pheno hunted cut from a Gelato 41, sure BX1, Sea Junkie. Shout out to Sea Junkie. Man, um, shout out to yeah. That is a fire cup, bro. Great, great terps on that one. You know, that shit's insane. I, it's I, different. I like it. It's different. It's it different. smells like if you took 80 to 90% Skittles and then mixed it with 20% of some 41, but then the look is kind of a little bit of both, but not. Exotic. I mean, it's it's fire, Exotic. bro. Real yeah. different people. Well, it's Gelato 41, and he claim, uh, I think he says a sure BX1, sure male. Um, wow, so that sweetness is not from yeah, Skittles. There's no Skittles in there. So, Jeez. but you get a lot of like the other phenos we have. Uh, you get a lot of like candy kind of gassy terps, like that yep. purple, the number Absolutely. eight. That's uh, that's pretty pretty fucking terpy. Candy gas is the name. The cold that's snap cool. you guys got was crazy. Cold that's snap cool. from Y East. Yeah, that's that's dank. We have a couple phenos, a ten and a fourteen that we really like. Uh, it's just different, you know. I just want to keep bringing different stuff. I hunt it. We're looking to get into a little bit of breeding only for uh, for washing for right now, uh, because you know breeding lance this is a whole nother oh. respect to all those breeders out there it ain't yeah. easy it's like starting uh, making hash all over again it's just another process yeah. where you're like all right here we go for a year or two you're ready and then hunting Let's all go. that hunting yeah. all that gear oh, and yeah and the, then, and the pheno hunts not only are in seed form it comes in hash form yeah so not only are we smoking the pheno hunt and for the palate on the table yeah. we have then we have to wash these phenos Jeez. and, and it's not the- easy to wash 16 different little batches no nope. you know shout out to our team yeah we're running we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we're washing gelato skittles and gelato which is from uh, green fire genetics i know that's a, a supposedly runs cross but we wanted to hunt something that had that cross in it to see what we found and we found like some pineapple uh terps we also found some uh Mostly pineapple and skiddly pineapple terps. There's mm-hmm. like some just different shit in there. Nothing gelato, actually, uh, but more on the skittle side. They're shorter plants. Very, very. There's something to be said for them. We, we got to try them all out. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we we yes, sounds yes. fire. Sounds <laughs> fire. We got to sit around amazing. the table and smoke them. You know. Um, I mean, that's I, I just popped. Right the, I just popped the the dark rainbows, which is. Rainbow belts and GMO. I'm looking who, forward who to that? archive seeds. Okay. Wow. So we're looking forward to that. Wow. Dark I'd, rainbows. I'd like to be able to take that and breed it to papaya and just kind of breed it to our garlic juice and all these strains. I mean, we're getting a, this honey banana cut, um, which is what I'm looking forward to the most right now. That's a yeah. great cut. Oh, I've yeah. smoked that from professor sift. Yeah. Cali Sifco. Yeah. He, uh, he grows that strain and, Cali Sifco will sometimes press it and I've had it. It's, it's not an easy strain. It's beautiful. To get. It's, it's full it's, straight bananas. It's not it's plentiful too. It's not like a cut that you can get anywhere. Um, certain nurseries can get that for you, you know? Yeah. It's hard to get. And it, it's a great flavor and it supposedly washes really well. It, it washes well. And I've seen some flower of it with this particular pheno. It looks amazing. Wow. Even the flower. Did. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. That's why I want this one. Man, that's Man. awesome. See, that's that's the that's the next trifecta, right? To have a strain, that's what growers are going for, where it's good as flour, but then also washes. Right. And then so, be able yeah. to it, it bring that to the market so they can actually see, look, this is the flour and this is the raw. We're going to do a whole uh, room, uh, 81 light room of rainbow belts here soon. 
we're planting that in you know a couple of weeks, but uh, to be able to have a strain that can actually produce flour that people may want, even though it's not purple, it has the terp, you know, all the Skittles guys out there, which is mostly the, the connoisseurs that I all know want that terp, like that Skittles or July. Yeah, I, I agree. Or, I do. Or, I, I mean, agree. everyone on the, I know does. on the daily and that shit daily. ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Nothing. I mean, look at the Zushi brand. Shout out to Zushi brand, 10 company. Big you know, they, shout out they, Zushi. Th- those guys fucking have great terps on a lot of their stuff. You know, it might not be that, you know, super blingy all the time. I mean, it is. It's really dank weed. And uh, it's just that you're they're, they're searching for terps. It just they, doesn't. Yeah. You're not, not going to get an Oreos look. No. You know what I'm no, saying? No, that's it. Skittles yeah, cross. Like, come on, man. Yeah. And that's why people have to. It's just like it, people have to relate strains to people. You know, when you meet a girl, yeah, she's not like your other girl or she's not mm-hmm. like your yeah. other, but like she's different. And there's a reason you love her. Or there's the reason you like your friend, right? It's your homeboy. He's not like your other homeboy. He's different. That's why he's your other friend. Yeah. And it's go. the same thing with strains. When you buy a man, you're, you're taking the good with the good. And then, oh, I wish it was purple. Yeah. Well, fucking get the cut <laughs> and grow it yourself, you know, yeah. but, but I just appreciate what you're getting. Cause like you said, man, you probably went through how many seeds too? you're not chasing down one pack of seeds i'm no, guessing no, so I'm I'm that not. just shows you man no, but i'm hunt know? i'm constantly hunting yeah i'm like i constantly like i'm hunting uh a lot of compound genetic gear right now actually oh dope um, uh, he's yeah, killing dope. it right now with cookies yeah. all their crosses I'm hunting the violet fog yeah good um, name I which like is that. uh khalifa mints and grape gasoline i'm oh. also hunting their uh pink grapes which is pink runs and grape gasoline the cold snap, which is the guys that we have, that's also like, I think it's compound Y East kind of com- yeah. uh, combo there. Uh, there. There's some different shit there. I mean, Super a menthol fire. terp, you know, uh, it's not that, I, I don't want the same shit all the time. It's Absolutely. a lot of, there's a lot of redundant stuff going around right now. That's just renamed and just a different form of, of a gelato or sherb or this or that, you know, a hundred percent. You're so we've seen it when we buy in uh like certain boxes or comp- competitors and stuff is yeah. that you're able to see 15 different companies. And yeah, mm-hmm. you are right. A lot of them are growing very similar terpenes. Very similar. That runs terps. Yeah. That purple. Yep. But sweet. Yep. Right. But no gas. Yep. Now the yeah. next wave is the gas with that. Yep. We need that. We need, yes. you know, we're starting. Yeah, we're it's just the next we're progression. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, we've been going to all that. evolution. Yeah. That's why I think some of these sunset runs are pretty good. I know, I know I'm I hunting like a lot of stuff that has runs crosses. We have a pheno aid from pheno addicts. Um, you which, guys are going through some black leaf gear. Uh, we are, we're going to be, be hunting uh, some of the GMO crosses that you gave yeah. me. And Fuck then yeah. also uh, Fruity the Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles S1. I'm looking to be, I'm really, really looking forward to see what the lineage is. Cause that's bag seed. Like that shit is probably in my opinion, untouched compared to everything else. It like, should be some really you're yeah. you're able to look into the past a little bit yeah. more. You're going to see generations and see what's really in that lineage. And you might find a lot of stuff like the Fruity Pebbles, or you might st- find stuff that's just so much better. You never know. A hundred percent. Yeah. I know. He, he's going to see some really trippy shit in there because yeah. uh, I think too, out of all of it, there was only like maybe 16 packs of it total of yeah, the yeah, S ones. Yeah. So he got, and he, I think he got three or four of them. I mean, so. the fruity pebbles in my opinion was some of the, what, what, when I first started buying in the rec market, that was some of the stuff I bought. And that's why when I tracked you down at like one of the Kush docks or one of the high times events in like Riverside, I just want to say like, I really liked it a lot. 
Dude, thank lot. you. I still appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I've been trying to get that cut for years, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one, man. It was a good one. I still couldn't believe it when we popped it from seed and that first run in. I was like, holy it's, shit. It seems like a lot of the fire in the market right now that's popped up has came from bag seed. A oh, lot. Why do you man. think that is? What do you think runs is? That's what I mean, I'm saying. Like, I mean, even Skittles. Like, you're telling me you know, runs crew like, didn't breed runs? No, I don't think. <laughs> Look. And Skittles, you know, was that bread? I don't know. I don't want to say it was or wasn't. Who knows? You know, who knows? I don't but, even think they know. You know, it's like, I imagine if it was bread, there would have been lines created of all that at that time. Like you would have bred line upon line upon line with Skittles. Everyone else did. Or told me exactly what made it besides, I think, grapefruit or something well, that they've said. Yeah. Who what, knows? So why do you think it is bag seeds that are, you get, well, you know, you're getting so much fire. This from is a bag just seed. my opinion. I don't want to create any fucking tension anywhere. Just like if you're going to create a line, I mean, if you're going to create something like Skittles, you know, you probably would create more lines of it. Everyone else did. Everyone, everyone I know is bred with it. It's one of the best strains around. It is. And, I and, give big and, ups to them for dude, even having that, it and they, procuring it. They're, that, they're awesome crew. The Skittles, that strain is legendary. Amazing. Legendary. It's changing the game right However, now. Yeah. it was brought to the forefront, whether it was bread or it was bag seed, they found it. And they bred with it they after the fact, it. too. They, so. they did. I don't Did they? Oh, they've definitely used it in crosses, yeah, sure I think, now. Have. Yeah, because yeah, I've bought some crosses. We chased down a bunch of stuff, uh, orange yeah, Skittles. We chased down a bunch yeah. of SFV time Skittles. I mean, big I can, ups to you them. You never pay attention to what everyone is doing. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm trying to focus no, on what right. I'm doing. Oh, it's forever. But, but it's hard it's when like you're in the, when they, you're in the They really, that strain is truly legendary, and it's hard to grow. You grow it. Very difficult. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to grow. Top two or three in my whole career of 18 yeah. years. I've grown probably a thousand plus strains that give it top one or two. I can't think of anything harder. Yeah. If you grew facilities, I'm talking facilities of Skittles, that shit would sell out all the time. Uh, you'd be, you're like, like the guy who likes to go home soup. and get beat. that's like the type of person who would want to grow facilities you you would never you would never have to worry about selling that ever you're right ever in your life if you grew even now gelato if you grew only gelato you'd be able to get rid of it because every brand wants gelato you know and gelato is we'll just have a seven-year anniversary recently i saw that gelato is another staple strain in western cannabis it's up there i was was a mount rushmore it's on there. Yeah. With Sunset Sherbert, you know, OG's up there. Yeah. What other strains are up there? Sheesh, man. I mean, on a Mount Rushmore. We got to have a Mount Rushmore right here in this, in this <laughs> beautiful studio. Yeah. Bubba. I mean, a cookie. <laughs> cookie. Cookie, right? Cookie would be, be up there. Strain. Yeah. I would say a chem dog would probably be up there. I would say an too, OG. Yeah. Maybe a sour diesel. Yeah. yeah that's, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's going to have to be more staples, than four. You know, staples that's the like, yeah. like flavors, like. That different tr- profiles that though. really was like has been a, a, a like people have been growing millions of plants of sour d i mean think yeah. about it i just sour got d- the cutback yeah i mean well, so what that's like that's a sour animal i mean sour d and animal yeah, cookies I mean, yeah, so yeah it's two, right. two legendary it's strains right, right there it's, we're not you know? seeing them straight anymore but we're seeing the you know the the, the remixes best of all these things yeah. the two of them cross so you're right it will come for full circle for the originals to you want to hear something crazy about that cut that cut actually herms. It is so good. Right. The flower is so good. It's so dank. I go in there and I, my crew goes in there. I grow it in small batches. But when we do, I go in there at week like 10, 10, day 10 to like 
day 15, 16, and we lower, we take off everything the at the bottom. No, the before bananas. Okay. Got we it. take off everything where it could be. We strip the whole plant, like a, like almost half of it. So you can't have any, if you strip the nanners and any kind of pods that potentially could arise, uh, you won't get any seeds. It's still a herm plant, but you can still use it. And that's how I've found a way around this. But Damn. I can't do facility room 81 lights mm-hmm. of a room like that. It's not realistic. Uh, you don't want seeds in your weed. But, you know, also another real thing about this industry, no one ever talks about seeds. It's a real oh, thing man. in this no. industry. <laughs> and people like if you find seeds, you know, if you have a bud that has 10 seeds in it, I get that. But, you know, if to find a seed here and there, it's like it's like a lottery ticket. It's a present. It's yeah. a present. You have a blessing. That but you also you could have a lot of seeds in certain batches. It's just like sometimes you're like scratching your head as a grower going like, what's causing this? Is it heat stress? Is it EC? Is it who knows? Is it not enough runoff? Like who who fucking knows? Sometimes it's you know, just some, it could have happened in clone form. It yeah. could have been when you cloned it, it had stress early teen and now it's carrying out uh laid in the veg. You know, there's a lot of different bloom. reasons why this could happen. We could mm-hmm. st- yes. talk like hours about this, how what what's the reason? But the fact of it is it does happen. Yeah. You know, you're growing a plant. Yes. It's it does. not perfect. That plant naturally, you know, you talk a lot about this. That's its natural life cycle. I mean, the plant naturally wants to produce, be reproduced. And it knows that it's going to die and it's going to produce seeds. That's its whole life purpose. I mean, when the plant sees that it's about to die, it has the beauty of the only female plant that it can actually say, I'm going to, I'm going to save myself and actually sacrifice myself, but self-pollinate and attempt to leave, leave another generation behind. And And not every plant uptakes exactly the same. We can see that through graphs on a strain that might, you know, that sitting right next to each other, that plant might drink more than this one. We see that in big, large scale rooms. So maybe that plant is not drinking as much, but it's getting water the same as everything else. And now it's being overwatered or underwatered or whatever it is. And now the stress in that plant could cause that plant to actually produce a seed. So it's like, it's a real thing. It is. And it's and like, you're it talking happens. about minute changes too. And things that people don't even understand. And they're like, Oh, there's a seed. He didn't do his job. It's they don't like, get it. No, they he, don't get it. And and when I found, look, I saw you years ago, you're buying gushers or you're buying, you're going to all the shops and buying and you were like runts. grinding seeds up. Runts. Runts. <laughs> Was it runts? When runts yeah. first dropped. Oh yeah. They had dropped. How many seeds you found? <laughs> like I think in eight eighths, we had like 40. Okay. So that's completely, that's completely <laughs> in unacceptable. An ounce, I that's eight eighths or so an ounce. You were trolling hard. That's that completely unacceptable in my opinion because. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, now, it was now, wild. You it was, know, I'd have been straight smoking You know seeds. as a distributor or as a grower that that shit is seeded, seeded. that much. Now yeah. let me spin your head even more. When I popped all the seeds, every single seed huh? was a different pheno, meaning that. It wasn't from stress. They straight they up had a pollination project really? going on and the whole thing was just pollinated. So they had a male in the room. Possibly. I'm guessing it was probably greenhouse herb and kind of blown by the wind. I mean, it couldn't. Mm. How can you get that many seeds? That variation. So you didn't find anything. I mean, every. No. And I chased <laughs> them all down. We didn't find one good thing. And I'm, they all were mediocre, like the offspring. And they were all very different from each other. It looked like if you took a male, which they and crossed it with a bunch of females it didn't look like a reversal where everything was kind of somewhat like oh this kind of smells every single plant out of the 17 females i ended up blooming were <laughs> all completely different all non did you find males 
No, Herms. Bunch of Herms. No, but no males. No, no full-on males. No males. Okay, so that's, that's rare to find a male in a in my I've never found a male in any bag seat I've ever popped. And that includes from when I first popped them in I 1995, agree. because those are the first seeds I ever popped in my life. Never found a male, but people have claimed to have found males in bag seed. So it, then maybe it, it was from a, a Herm issue because then there would have been a male if it was from a ideally, male. That would be so ideally. that's interesting. Yeah. So that, that's how bad things were that if I, but yeah, I, Dude, I went into cookies. I bought the eighth of runs, went into the car. We rolled it up because we were going to go get lunch. I found we found like six seeds in one eighth. The first eight it was like six or seven. And I was like, wow, that's a lot. I, I was like, hold on a second, man. I ran back in and bought my limit, which was the ounce for whatever it was, came back and I broke. I was like, we're going to do a video and put it up on my Instagram and I broke all that. of it down because I was like, this isn't an, a lot of seeds. Like I, nor, I mean, you buy an eighth, you expect two seeds maybe at the most if they had an issue not like eight nine and in the end yeah i think out of eight eighths it was somewhere in the 30 to 40 seed range yeah when i was hunting my sunset runts the number 12 had nanners and it wasn't spotted so some of like the number 10 keepers that i have the 11 it was fucking dank dank weed but sometimes i grind on i find a seed but there was no nanners on that plant so even when that happens we don't release that weed we can make it into pre-rolls. We can do whatever we want with that. But it's like, if we know their seeds and as a cultivator, you know, if there are seeds in your weed and you know, if there's not, you know, to find a seed here and there, we get that. One of my best runs ever. Like one of my great runs we're, we're yeah, growing in the totally warehouse seated, and we're chasing down a bunch of new strains. And I had already like said, there's no males or, you know, and I, we had already chased it down once. So this was my second run. And I put a plant in that. I guess I just didn't check if the it had some herm nugs. And it was such a big plant. The lower part hermed all 17 lights full of seeds. And I mean, not somewhat seeds. I mean, like every nug had like 150 seeds in it. And so I didn't honestly see it totally. And so I didn't see it at all. So we sent it to the trimmers to start hand trimming. And I get a call from Pat Gods and he's like, um, bro, there's seeds in this weed. And I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, not a little, like a lot, like a lot, a lot. Like mean, laden with seeds. Right. And we ended up just having to, I wish I would have kept some of the seeds, but we just turned it all into extracts. But yeah. it was such a disappointment. I was such a letdown. It was a big L. Mm-hmm. Big L from Big L, man. But then, you know what I'm saying? You make the Seated best of it. Run. But people don't understand. Like, you're chasing down all these phenos. You guys are single source. Yes. You're chasing down strains. You're taking losses left and right. No matter how good you are at it, there's always strains. You're like, this is truck garbage. This is shit. This one didn't yield. Look at this weird thing. And this, this is a herm. This is all based off of one run. There you go. You know, so we know we talk about this a lot. We're like, you know how many dank ass strains we've probably thrown away? Yeah. Just because it didn't perform in the one condition that we wanted it to yeah, grow in. Straight up. You know? I kick myself now sometimes. But about at the that. same time, we're like, how many got, you know, at the same, you're like, you're trying to get the one that performs the best in the condition that you can provide it. A 10. <laughs> I need you a know? 10. Yeah, for real. <clears throat> for you what don't got we're space looking for. for. 
He's, you know, and we're constantly pushing the envelope. I say now nines or tens. If it's not a nine <clears throat> or a ten, it doesn't stay in space. You're only doing nines and dimes. Yeah. Nine, yep, there and you go. And it allows you to take that nine or ten to help you, you know, take it to the next level now. 100%. At least you know, you feel confident. Hey, I got a good starting position. Yes. Right, we're going to go with this one. And that's the thing that we sit around and we talk about. You guys do the pheno hunts and you smoke them out and then you, you do all the taste testing and you do it based on your liking and your crew you know you rely on our flavor and that's the big thing we're big gas fans and we know that the the palate today has that fruity uh the the what do you call it the candy, candy gas yeah. right and so a lot of the stuff that you see that we are trying to hunt we're trying to bring that out and like the garlic juice uh if you got to smell that one that one's probably the gassiest dankest but it also has like this sweet hint in the back. Uh, and that's, that's something that we hunted specifically to get that, you know, that sweet gas. Um, the same thing with the sour animal. Oh man, the sour animal, in my opinion, is probably the one that will slap you the hardest. And if you look at the logo, it has like this animal paw just coming at you um, <laughs> because a lot of people, this is the sleeper. You don't, when you look at it, the terp is super quiet. But when you smoke it and you taste it, it literally coats the inside of your mouth. And then after a few minutes, you are just in another world. You're like, whoa, what just happened? Where did this take me to? So that's that one. And then uh, the golden papaya is the um, golden like papaya is the kosher kush with the papaya. Oh, so, gas. Yeah, again, it's again, it's got the kick and the gas of the kosher kush, the OG. Right. With the, the papaya, that sweetness of it. So that we've always kept that in mind. And that's a lot of the stuff that we were chasing. I'm talking about. With the, I love the, it. The gas and the candy. Yeah. We I have a, a pheno aid, which is a oh, yeah. melonade and runt. Oh, wow. Which is uh smells like melons. Remember that? <laughs> yes. Damn, that was nice. Good, we just man. did a, a pheno hunt of the pheno aids. We're going to run that <laughs> in the next room with fresh frozen. Just a, a small batch of it to see how it. We, we want to run it a couple times to see how it just it turns out rather than just going full fledged on something. And then being like, Oh, I don't know if I like it that much. Oh man. Yeah, isn't that the truth? You know? <laughs> so it's like, because we've, oh. we just washed the, the, the Zelatos. We washed the Fino eight a couple months ago. So we just know we're going to try that, Zolato, try that again. We haven't even smoked any of them, but they're yeah. all dang. I mean, it's, it's going to press them. They're all pressed and ready to be smoked. Are those also going to go out as flowers to the market or no? no? That's just for the homies. Wow. We're going to basically it's a research and development. Hell yeah. yeah. Love it. Up. yeah. I mean, you got to know. You got to. That's yeah. awesome, man. That's fucking killer, part of the job. Bro. It is. That's right. It's a tough job. Not anybody can do this. No, no. literally, though. <laughs> literal sense. Though. It, it does. It makes all the it's difference. It's a passion driven business. It is because it, you, it everyone, can be. Everyone thinks year one, yo, we're about to be, we're about to be in the millions. Yeah, huh. <laughs> we're we're going to the moon. They literally oh, think like year one, like we're, gonna, you know, how much money we're gonna have? They're mining for gold. And it's like ten years later, yeah. and you're like, yo, finally that refrigerator paid off, and now we're in a damn facility. <laughs> That's crazy though. Yeah. It's that so refrigerator true. got us to the facility. This, the facility is built based on that that damn little ice box that we worked hard in hell, man. We used to That's do crazy three o'clock in the mornings, dude. And just, you know, getting the water tanks and all kinds of getting the plumbing. And it, it's, it was good times. Working, working with there. the city of L.A. is probably <laughs> the toughest thing I've ever had to do. Toughest thing we've Out ever built. This. Toughest thing we've ever built, for sure. Wow. Because it's, uh, they don't make it easy. And especially during the heart, this, the, we, were, we were building all through COVID. 
It wasn't easy. That's Those insane. people didn't come. We had to put up certain stations with like wash a hand, hand, oh, yeah. hand sanitizing stations. Everyone had to wear masks. It's like redesign uh, the trim room because of the six yeah. foot distance. We had to cut down oh, the ability gosh. of workstations. Yeah. So we couldn't have a full house based on the original plans just because of the, the six foot distancing. And, you know, I didn't buy the building, but I'm renting it. So you're still paying on this the whole time and you know you're building it's costing money and you know you're stressed out because you know we didn't know how we were going to do this we just did it straight up literally that, i yeah. mean that's how you do it though yeah people don't get that part yeah. that's the thing like on this podcast like seriously we were just talking about like the first few episodes we were like at airbnbs and then we had this empty office and we just popped up a fold-up table with wizard trees and yep. did it you know because yep. it i mean everybody knows that coming coming from this not like he came and judged us for that either. He knows like damn well, like, yo, you got to do what you got to do to get yeah. going. Mm-hmm. And then you figure it out. Now we're in the studio and shit. I mean, it looks dope we'll keep building here. and we'll yeah, keep, yeah. you know, it's the same thing like, like that in any business or anything you do, whether it's building a house, a facility, a or brand and hash, you know what I mean? Or a brand. Exactly. So yeah, I think there's a lot of things dope, you could do with this podcast. It. It's limitless. Like in cannabis, we just smoked about two ounces on it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the jar, bro, the jars you guys brought, all the stuff Holy you guys fuck. brought, insane. These guys, Zulato, I, I, I love the Zulato. Zulato? No, that's the new one we haven't. We need to do Zulato. a whole phenotype. Zulato. I like, I, yeah, I like this peach pie. We have that. Fire. I gave you the rainbow belts. You got it. You got to you're gonna have to name a few too, for sure, because the crosses are crazy. But oh, um, dude, every Big joint terps. I smoke fire. All we're burning about to smoke white. Two more. All white ashes. Oh, I mean, I'm loving everything. And it's different. It, this isn't like any other joint I've smoked on the market with this mouthpiece, with the strain, with the single source rosin. That's then and it the burns flower. super slow, too. It does. It does. This man, this is a celebration joint right here, man. I I smoked this and all I could think about was like, I really enjoy this. Like I would love to smoke one of these a day. If I had one of these every day, I'd be stoked. I'm vibing on like the hash hole wave. I'm I'm loving that whole thing. I am too. And it's like you said for, it's for the everyday smoker that you want to come home at the end of the day. Light that it's up. Job so well you can done. Still get lit. It's like yeah. your after after dinner drink or your after yeah. work drink, yeah. where you want. It, you know, some people are going to pour up End a cheap day, bourbon, and but not like us. You know, Pack God's L.A. Family Farms Blackleaf. Everybody, we want something nice at the end of the day. This is that. And sure. at the end of the day, we're honestly we all like each other's weed. We're all very judgmental of our own weed. You know, uh, we're, we critique our own weed. We don't like it. My brother half the time doesn't like the weed he has, but we, like we show it to people like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, it's like, yep, I know, totally we feel, we feel like the, I'll say like, this is everyone's very hard on themselves. Yeah. And that's, that drives us to become better, you know, yeah. and that's really, it's really, it's a never ending journey. It is. It's never ending. We're never, we're never, we're never just satisfied. satisfied. Exactly. You know, it's a never ending. Like we know we can do better. We, we got to keep the healthy competition yeah. going strong within this community and with sure. this industry, because ultimately cannabis is built off community coming together. Yeah. Otherwise it could have never, it's a ever culture. Got to this it's point. Cool it's a culture. Hell, dude. Everybody's Truly. pushing each other to the next level. We That's see rainbow what you belts. guys are doing. And we are like, man, we're doing rainbow. it. We want to do it too. And it's just, it's like motivation really what it comes it down is. to, dude. It's like, you're looking at badass players and you want to fucking be a badass player and you want to play hard. Cause you know what it takes. And you, that's the respect that we have for looking at you guys. And we're just like, damn, but you have to bring player. consistency. <laughs> that's the hardest part. 
That Consistency is. is the hardest part. That's everything. I, I found that for the, the, the two biggest journeys for me was going from growing in houses to growing in warehouses. That was a big leap of understanding what the room, how the room has to perform and what has to happen in this room for it to actually mimic. We, I didn't understand. I knew growing in a room at a house, right? I knew all that. I knew what I needed to do to grow in that room at the house. When I went to a warehouse and actually sealed the room off and then started to change the different strains and the, and the, the amount of water I'm pushing through that room, that was my biggest change. And, and I mean, you guys are crushing that bro. Your warehouse. I look at the pictures and I, I dream like, just like he's saying, healthy competition. That's all I can think of is like, oh man, that's goals right there, man. A fucking room that looks like that. Like you guys are killing it, bro. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, appreciate the love. Shout and, you out know, to Mo and Jackie. And yes. Yeah, yeah, the whole, the whole, the whole damn family. You know, and yeah. you know, the hardest part of honestly building a brand is the whole branding and everything. You're great at it and you, you're, you're successful at it. But for us, there's so many moving parts. I mean, the whole behind the scenes on what happens with the branding is, 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 is the toughest part of all this, of all of it, because none of us know about how to build a company as like brand company. We're not, we don't go to college for that. It's like, we're only anticipating scratching our head. Well, look great on a bag. This might be look great. It's like, and all these different bags that people are coming out. It's like, sometimes it's almost overwhelming. It is, you know, yeah. it's like, damn, there's so much. You walk into a shop. It's like, there's 80 brands, a hundred brands. There's all these different bags and jars. And like, you don't even know what to yeah. get. And most of the you time know? the bag ends up in the trash. You smoke the weed. And that was the biggest decision that we had to make because you see the competition out there. They got a whole new bag logo for every strain they put on the table. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, in our opinion, we're just like, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot of time and effort and money that's not into growing the weed. And a lot of those companies who have all the fancy packaging, guess what? They're not growing the weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is, it's tough. And, and there definitely needs to be like a signature of like this brand actually grows this herb, these other brands, this is all white label product. And it's, it's tough. And I, I think, man, that's why we have this podcast too, is educating the consumer, not even just don't do this and don't do that. Just know that what you're smoking, this is what it really is. Or like, Hey man, what you like, just like today, man, I was, I'm blown away now. I learned so much about fresh press versus cold cure. My mind has, is flipped around all the shit I thought made. before. You should yeah. some come see man, how it's made. That'd be Cause, so cause when so you dope. see how it's made, you like, damn, this is how it's really done. Like, this is a lot of work. Like, holy fuck. I didn't think it was this detailed and physical. And, and, you know, we need to bring the first, first smoke of the day crew through there. We need to bring our audience through there, man. Even if we just give them snippets and show them behind the scenes, hash making, come come film and show, show the people what, what really, you know, why, rosin is so expensive and and why it we want to price it obviously lower than the competition because you know we can afford to we make everything in-house you know and i'm also trying not to, we're not trying to make the most and squeeze every fucking drop out of this lemon you know yeah I'm, we just I'm, want everybody to smoke our weed yeah we just i just want people yeah. to smoke it just just like the fruity pebbles that you grow bro you could give that to anyone and put it in a joint like damn that tastes amazing yes like that you could grow that like you're saying the other room 
like you're, you grow all these other strains and this one particular guy is like, Hey, I just want the, you know, fruity skills pebbles. was great. Yeah. yeah fruity pebbles. Ed Bassmaster. For me too. Yeah. I love the dirty Sprite. I love the fucking presidential. I smoked the shit out of the presidential, you know, but there's one that stands out above the rest. Yeah. Because it's, it's so different. And that, it's, that's the Ed thing. Says the same it's thing. so different. Yeah. I have a funny relationship, like with a really funny comedian and, I first gave him some fruity pebbles and he was like, dude, this is the best weed I think I've ever had. And I was like, you know, you know, people big up you. You're like, oh, thank you, bro. But, you know, I got some uh, and I've tried to give him other kinds before. And he's always like, no, this is fire. Um, What's up with the fruity pebbles, bro? Like, yeah, and, yeah. and it doesn't matter. Like, go back to the basics. I, I was <laughs> like, I'm going to blow him away with some Skittles. I fucking had a gnarly batch of Skittles. And I was like, I got it. To, he was like, that was good. But uh, um, that fruity pebbles, bro. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm done then. I'm mm-hmm. done. I back, back to what C was saying, you know, bag seed. I mean, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Wow. That is a prime yeah. example of like what you, what bag seed really is in this industry. You know, whether all the other strains that we run today is bag seed, but a lot of the, like the white runs, I think that I run, I think originally it was bag seed personally. Exactly. You, know? you don't even really know down the line. Yeah. If it was a bag seed. Yeah. Every time I hunt seeds, I throw in all my bag seeds per hunt. So let's say like, you know, next week I pop 20 seeds. If I have some bag seeds that I've accumulated, I'll throw them in the mix and pop those as well. Anytime I get the chance, because that's how good my results are usually with them, which is scary to say. I don't know. I don't know how to think about it, if it's a good thing or bad thing, but it's a thing. The the homie fire farmer got me the Baccio, uh, the original clone only cut over the time that I've had it, I've collected a lot of bag seed from gelato. And and I've been wondering like all these years, like, damn, why all these different gelatos now that I've been growing this for like years now, I'm like, (laughs) now I know why the fucking, why there's a lot of gelato bag seed out there because that strain is so finicky other than OG for me personally. And I think it's the hardest strain in my opinion to grow other than OG. And it's the most finicky and my brother hates it. Yeah. And it's hard for it to come out like super dank. Like yeah. every time it's one of those strains that is like, it's really hard to get consistent. Cold snap. I get consistent Oreos. We grow Oreos cut from the, you know, the breeder that cut comes out consistent, but the gelato 41, man, it's finicky bitch. Yeah. It is. And it I, there's a lot like- of seeds I have from it and I want to pop those seeds. Cause oh. it's a lot of, you know, there could be something stronger in there and better gelato number seven twenty four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah there you go but you know, i mean but i'm not hating i love them i i grow i grow like five different ones and i love all of them differently and they're all different a little bit you know you can't hate greatness on any is greatness. Yeah. yeah i mean our, our, our wherever know, it comes from exactly yeah you know what i mean it bag is. seed or not don't hate on and it greatness breeds no. great appreciate yeah that's why yeah. i think like bag the fact that winners, fire farmer know? is actually breeding like thin mint and skittles and like all the elite strains that he has that he's collected over the years, breeding them together and creating what he's created is genius. And it's great. And it's like, you know, he's moving at a fast pace. He is. And he, you know, he's working with a small little space and you don't need a lot of space. If you're breeding the right genetics. I love how fast he's going. I'm like blown away. I'm like, damn dude, you've done like seven different crosses this year. And like, uh, it doesn't matter. Other people are testing it he's doing what he wants to do and he's running that line and he's working crosses. Like let other people who want to run testing. He's using the best of the best to breed. 
I mean, think about that. If you were going to breed anything, you want to breed the best, best shit. The best. Yeah. And the best of the, like, the Cushmints and the Mac and all these strains. Fortune. Of, you know, he's like, got all kinds. You know, all these Jealousy. Strains. Yeah, jealousy. He's bred with all these different strains and, like, the Skittles and Thin Mints. And it's it's turning great. He gave me the cream, the fortune. It's all really good. And it's all different. Yeah. And that's what people want. They want different shit. The but day yeah. before our first podcast, right before we went on the yeah, podcast, yeah, he came through, he came through and we tried all the strains you're talking yeah. about. The cream, we smoked Zangria. a bunch of them. Yeah, we should have just been like, stay here. We'll get on the first podcast great dude. with you. Knows, but, knows yeah. weed really well. I'm, I don't have the fortune of seeing him all the time. I just see him when we, I'm, you know, yeah, it's hooked hard. up. But uh, other than that, he's a uh, nice, really nice guy. Yeah, he's a really yeah. nice guy. Everybody, I think so everybody's too, so busy and coming out of COVID. It's just dope that we can all link back up and get together. And For sure. Thank God. Shit man. like this. And, you know, we'll all be in an, an event tomorrow night. That's really dope. I'm glad to hear that. High Olympics. Times Green Wolf event. Shout out to Green, Green Wolf. Green Wolf. Man. They're putting that together. Night. It's crazy because we got, you know, just, just to have one of those boxes and be able to try all that different herb and stuff. It's like for me a, a debut of like, yo, there is rec market fire, and like you can find good product out here, and, there and there's, there there's some real deal. There's a lot of good kill smoke. Yeah, like, yeah. There people are there. really pushing the limits on. I, I think everything. it was the coolest thing to see our bag in that box. That's that's an amazing. Straight up, yeah, that's oh, an accomplishment. Yeah, it was. Absolutely, that's and a thanks, major thank you to Brian and Ace that did that for us. We really appreciate that. I think I'm glad we're on that. I'm, I'm happy. Hell to see yeah, it. it's gonna be yeah. a fun party you guys tomorrow. Put in rainbow night? belts. Yeah. Fucking super, super dope strain. And, yeah. and, and to be honest, we, it was, knew, that's a risky we, move. We it was a very, it's a risky you know, because it's not a bag appeal. It's not, it does, know, has no bag appeal. Look. It's all about how it smokes. Yeah. And, and we, man, we smoked it in straight up fire. It was smoking fire. Smoke. We're smoking Sticky, that right now. Fresh yeah. herb. This is raw. Well, this is over belts. the rainbow. This is yeah. like, bro, to be honest, I'm, I'm tripping on this one. It's fire. It's almost like a, a, a candy perfume or something. It's fire. It's Skittles overload. Like it, yeah. that shit's so good. Uh, I love that. Kushstock is July 3rd. We're going to be there doing Kushstock. Hope to see a lot of people out there. We'll have rosin. We're going to drop some rosin <coughs> yeah. for the first time. We've never dropped Dropping on the it. rec market uh, rosin. Damn. So we're going to drop some Man. of the stuff we have right now. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for all your you. stuff Connect. coming out. I'm excited for these pre-rolls. Uh, now that I've smoked all this, like I 100% will be head hunting some of this next time I hit the market. Let's like do Green it. Wolf. Let's do it. Fuck yeah, yeah, man. It was, it is awesome having you guys on the podcast, bro. I was, it was so an honor. glad to I, have I, you I, here. It was, it was great yes. being here. I had a lot of great time. Yes, we Much did. Much respect to you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Man, smoking strong. LA Family Farms, episode eight. Yeah. First smoke of the day. At God signing out. Black Leaf signing out. That's it, man. Wrapping up. Keep check, it lit check. every Monday morning, man. 9 a.m. Eastern. Let's go. White ashes.